Capital One knows life doesn't alert you about your credit card. Pitch hitting, the catcher number two. Also, Karen in row J eating the hot dog. Did you mean to tip 167% yesterday at Lake Cafe restaurant? Just checking. So, meet Eno, the Capital One assistant that catches things that might look wrong, like over-tipping, then sends an alert to your phone and helps you fix it. Eno, another way Capital One is watching out for your money when you're not. Capital One, what's in your wallet? See CapitalOne.com for details. Limitations apply. Good evening, everybody, and thank you for joining us here on the World Wrestling Podcast once again. Before we get into the show, it's been a while since me and Sean have been on the air together. Um, We'll get more into that later, though. Uh, In the time that we've been gone, there's a lot of wrestlers who have passed away. um, And this, I can't remember every one of them who have uh, unfortunately departed us. But in the past couple of weeks, we lost both Ashley Massaro and Silver King. Um, Both were very talented. Ashley Massaro was the she was a winner of the Diva Search. Is that right, Sean? Yeah, the very first uh, WWE Diva Search contest and back in um, two thousand five. She was she was a talented wrestler, man. Um, I was a big fan of her. I was sad when uh, she left. Mm-hmm. Um, I know she was training for a comeback, so even more sad to hear that. Um, apparently, she hung herself. Unfortunately. And it just, you know, makes us all come back for a minute uh, and then take ourselves out of the immersiveness of the show. And remember, these these guys and these women are people, and they deal with a lot on a daily basis. And it's unfortunate that we lose some uh, in that manner. Also, Silver King passed away in the ring uh, just a couple of weeks back as well, known for his run in WCW and as the main villain in the movie Nacho Libre. And maybe not everyone was a huge fan of either. Maybe everyone, maybe there's a lot of people out there who are huge fans, but everyone together are wrestling fans. And these people were wrestlers, and, you know, they went out to entertain us. And uh, it only serves them right that they get a 10-bell salute. So tonight, here on the World Wrestling Podcast, the beginning of the show, we wanted to make sure we honored them with the highest salute we could give them, which is a 10-bell salute. So if you guys want to remain... Silent for the next 10 bells. We'll get right into the show after that. Sean, anything else to say before I start the 10-bell salute? Now just uh, rest in peace. Uh, come on down to the next contestants in that big Royal Rumble in the sky.
This is, this is the World Wrestling Podcast. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to the World Wrestling Podcast. It's me, it's me, it's that good old quadruple B. And me, the big Cali kid. It's not... This is not really California anymore, though, is it? You know? Hey, you can take the kid out of California, but you can't take California out the kid. Do you want to so, have California, though? I don't quite understand. It's fucking California. Nobody uh, likes California. I was in Southern California, born and raised on the I'm playground. Sorry. is where I I'm, spent most of my days. I'm so sorry. I mean, it'll be okay. We'll get, we'll get you there. Sorry. Coming, coming from the guy from the zombie state. Oh, least in California, we don't got... We, we don't got people eating each other's face. I mean, yeah, well, they probably do, but it's not as often as in. At least we can Florida. breathe out here. You guys in your fucking smog. But no, that's that's a whole other subject <laughs> for a whole other day. Welcome back to the World Wrestling Podcast. Yes, we've been gone. Yes, you've missed our voices. Yes, it's all Sean's fault, but we are back. <laughs> and I gotta say, bro, it is damn. Good to have you back. I know I'm horny just uh, being here. Like I'm just fucking ready to go. <laughs> and uh, I mentioned it a couple times in uh, some of the solo shows I ran. Freaking uh, one show, I even I even teased. I let the rest of the intro play where you do your and hey, welcome. And I was out like, oh, just kidding, swerve. But um, that's fuck, bro. You probably broke somebody's we, heart. <laughs> Probably, probably broke some. We're parts, not going to talk about how much money he's uh, having to pay me to be back here again, and what size contract. It's a Bret Hart contract, though. I'm just saying. You know, we're talking about a 20 year spot. But no, I'm not going to give money. Uh, the most lucrative podcast contract in the history of lucrative contracts. Pretty sure it, it's 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 in, it's in the it's in the, like the the nine figure range but you know it's not important i'm not here for the money even though it's really good but i'm not here for the money i'm here for you sean i'm here for you that's right and i'm glad the day you told me you were you were lacing your uh your boots back up you were grabbing that grabbing that golden mic back down freaking uh kennedy the little the little schoolgirl squealed inside i was like yes i got my homie back Got my co-host yeah. back. It has it's been. Freaking, uh, it's been a long and wild ride these past three years, on and off. Of World Wrestling Podcast has been has been trying to chug along strong. WWE talk simulcast, uh, the Four Post Massacre, uh, and now the World Wrestling Podcast. We've we've just been doing the best we can with what we had and the time we had. And, you know, we're not going to get too deep. We're not going to do deep. You know, because we got a lot of stuff coming at you guys tonight and. Um, uh, Ahead of us, we've, we've, we're, we're rebuilding the show. I know we've talked about rebuilding the show a couple of times, but we're very much seriously trying to do something with this. We really want to take it's this. Finally, it's finally from the talk, the talking about rebuilding to where we're breaking ground. Yeah, we've got a lot of things coming around here. Sean is, is working his ass off out in arizona fornia and i'm doing my what i can down here in florida and we're gonna we're gonna build something here we're gonna build a wall you know we're gonna build a fucking wall and this time we're gonna throw trump right over it after we're finished that's that's what we're gonna do we're gonna build a fucking wall he's gonna build the damn wall first and then we're gonna throw him over because you know he's a fucking dickhead 
But I'm not going to get into politics. I'm not going to be a politician. That's not what I'm here for. But what I am here for is for some wrestling talk. So right off some the bat. Some wrestling. Some wrestling. Right off the bat, um, if you guys listened to the live announcement we did just here recently, you know what the big part of the show is going to be. It's going to be us covering Nitro and Raw from March 26, 2001, which is huge for me because I'm a big WCW guy. And it's, and it's big for him because it was the day that this man pretty much ruined wrestling for the next... It's 2019, so almost 20 years. Um, so it, it, that's kind of the reason we're talking about that. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Took you a minute. Slow burn. Slow burn. Um, and one of the biggest things that I want to say before we get into the rest of the show, because we are going to cover Money in the Bank's uh, spoiler slash, you know, whatever. Um, we're going to cover a little bit of the Double or Nothing pay-per-view coming up this weekend. Um but I just want to say the reason, one of the biggest reasons we're picking up Nitro and talking about it is kind of where the book ended for WCW. And for me, that was a big deal. Um, I know that you guys up that was north so and you guys out west, y'all had WWF. That was your thing, you know. Hulk Hogan and the Land of the Giants and, you know, fucking Steve Austin and everything. Those were your heroes. Well, down here in the south... Um, growing up, I didn't have fucking cable and it has satellite. Well, I did eventually have cable, but we didn't have USA. I had TNT. So my wrestling fix came from Hulk, Hollywood, Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Goldberg, Macho Man, dig it, Randy Savage, freak out. You know, I mean, that's what it came from. Uh, Southern wrestling, Dusty Rhodes. We just, uh. We just passed the anniversary of his passing as well. And actually, um. Right now, you guys are probably hearing this later, but tomorrow, May twenty third, two thousand nineteen, will be twenty years uh, since we lost Owen Hart. Actually, as well. Oh dang! So, yeah, and uh, the twenty years since uh, uh, Turner Turner Television uh, yeah. had a wrestling company. And see, that's one of the so, biggest reasons. That's a- yeah. One of the biggest reasons I wanted to do this show was because we're trying to rebuild. We're trying to get ourselves going, trying to do something with this. Why not pick up where the book ended, just like AEW is doing? Um, I know this is right. more than Turner, but Turner is such a big part of it. TNT, the fact that they got a deal there is such a big part of it. Seeing a wrestling oh, yeah. show yeah, on TNT again is a big deal for me. It's a big deal for a lot of oh, yeah. older Southern wrestling fans. And it, it's, it's kind of a welcome home. So... It's feel- a big deal in the wrestling world, period, yeah, man. Yeah, obviously. The fact that the fact that a company that hasn't even launched yet has Vince McMahon shook oh, speaks volumes. Oh shit. Like, I mean, uh, you know, like we've seen we've seen the rise of New Japan. Um Impact was pretty legit there for a minute before Dixie Carter burned it to the ground. Yeah. Um Ring of Honor had some really big success, they man. We saw CM Punk come from. They still have flashes in the band. Um, some of WWE's biggest wrestlers came from there, mm-hmm. and none of those companies shook Vince like AEW has oh, Vince shook right now. Shook. Now and, you know, and one one thing I want to address. I know we've talked about somebody knocking WWE off their pedestal. Um, I want to be clear about that's not going to happen. Well, hold on, hold on. I want to be clear about one thing. It doesn't have to go down like that. And I don't think that's what AEW wants to do. I don't think that's what Cody and the Bucks and all of them envision with this 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 vision of All Elite Wrestling. They want to give us an alternative to the WWE. Yeah, I mean, they can <laughs> say, they can come out on 
on their interviews and all that and say they don't want to take WWE. They want to be the first all elite wrestling, Mm. but somewhere in the back of their minds, you know that they want to tumble WWE, but um, I've been listening to a lot of the busted open podcasts. Um, and bully Ray even said, um, WWE is, is Disney pretty much when it comes to the wrestling world. They're the standard. AEW isn't going to topple them. Again, could it be a very close second alternative? Hell yeah. Um, is it shaken Vince? Hell yeah, it is. But I don't, I don't see in the next 10, 15 years, AEW toppling them unless they come out like balls to the walls. I mean, they've already sold out the, the place in Chicago. Yeah. Um, when a lot of people were telling them, Oh, it's Memorial weekend. You, you're not going to be able to do that. No wrestling show in in all, like any wrestling show that has ever been to Vegas has ever sold out. WWE, any wrestling company, all elite wrestling sold out Vegas. So they they're coming out strong, definitely. But like um, like I said, WWE's the standard. They're the big the big super corp of the wrestling world. So it's going to take a lot for um, AEW to one day topple them. Can it be done? Definitely. Look at the Monday Night Wars. WCW yeah. had them on the ropes, man. See, that was, that was what uh, I was about to say is that, you know, they said the same thing about Bischoff with WCW in, in 94 when Nitro started. And it took them a little while, but, you know, via the name of his podcast, there were 83 consecutive weeks that WCW knocked them off the top of the ratings. And that's because, just like now, Vince... And the company got complacent. They got into a spot where they were the only source of wrestling for everybody. And so, the only mainstream source, at least. I mean, there were other companies in the 90s, and there are other companies now. But just like then, the only mainstream source that's easy, it's on USA, or Fox now with SmackDown, I think, is WWE. So, well, the AEW, Fox still uh, launches in October as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But AEW coming out of this, I, I want to say something... I, I want to be clear, I don't think that they are going to knock WWE off the pedestal anytime soon. But I have to say one thing, I do think it can happen. And all it's going to take is a slip-up. I mean, they are in their boots just a shivering over there in Connecticut. I mean, Vince, yeah, they are. They're, they're kicking it's, people out of their shows and wearing AEW merch. Um, they're having to bring back Goldie to take on The Undertaker at this super fucking showdown. Because and they man, got nobody else, that, you know? And that alone right there... Um, that's WWE's biggest problem at the moment. Yeah. They're relying on past superstars to carry the load. Mm-hmm. They're calling this super showdown bigger than WrestleMania, yet you don't have hardly any current talent. You got Triple H versus Randy Orton. Uh, Randy Orton's a workhorse. He can pretty much do anything yeah, in the ring. Orton will fucking do um, anything. So, like, like, but Triple H, he's an old guy, um, part-timer. Undertaker versus Goldberg. Um, like, what is that match proving? You could have had Undertaker versus Elias or Goldberg versus Bobby Lashley or Drew McIntyre. I would have rather seen gave, Undertaker versus gave Bray these, Wyatt. Yeah, exactly. The new Bray give Wyatt. the Still use these old guys, but push your new talent. WWE's biggest problem right now is they don't have any mega stars. Yeah. Back in the day, when you... When you think of the Attitude Era, who do you think of? Rock, Austin, Taker, 
Triple H. You had these mega stars. People um, didn't go to the uh, to a, a WWE event to see the superstars. They went to see Austin. They went to see yeah. The Rock. And that's WWE's biggest problem right now is they don't have mega star power. I and, think. Um, I mean, when I think of WWE mm-hmm. now, I can't even think of a big mega star right off the top of my head that's still current, that's still relevant. I mean, maybe Rollins and AJ Styles. Maybe I mean, but a- he hasn't left I mean, an impression Styles- there like he did everywhere else. I feel like he got watered down. AJ Styles even said that this is his last contract signing. Like um, after this, I think it's two year, two or three year um, contract that he just signed. Like after that, he's he's done with WWE. Is so he done with WWE? Or is that- he done with wrestling? I think he's going to be done with wrestling. Yeah, that's how it how it came off when I was reading. That's about the way it. I read it too. Yeah, was that he was done with wrestling? I mean, good good for him. And I mean, he's been doing this for a while. Yeah, exactly. He's it. he's done everything in pretty much every company. He's the the modern day Chris Jericho. He's yeah. uh, he's done it in Impact, Ring of Honor. He can came to WWE and tore shit up. Um, he did okay in WWE, in my opinion. Like it wasn't. Like, I mean, eh. you know, what I'm saying like it, it, it felt like he's he was more hype when he showed. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I know AJ Styles is good. I've watched him wrestle in other companies. I've seen the shit he can pull off. But when he got to WWE and he was at the Royal Rumble, of course, I marked like everybody else. Oh yeah, AJ Styles. But after that, it just kind of felt like it just never quite got back to that same pop. It never. To me, at least. I mean, he had a great match with Shane and, at WrestleMania. He also had a great match with Jericho at WrestleMania. But other than WrestleMania, like, for me, it, it, well, he wasn't as impressive in the other companies as he was in WWE. And again, that loops back around to WWE not having mega star power. Yeah. I mean, Seth Rollins, yes, but do you really see him being the next John Cena, the next Rocker, Austin, Taker? Seth Rollins... Seth Rollins is I ain't taking anything away from him. He's beyond talented. Yeah, he's he's awesome talented. on the mic. He's good, but I just don't really get that that superstar power mm-hmm. from him. I mean, they have some guys that, that could easily be up there, uh, but they're not giving these anybody the chance to become the next rock or the Very next true. Austin because they got guys they they had a phenomenal Money in the Bank ladder match. They could have easily had Drew McIntyre win that. Um, I don't see uh, I don't see Ali being a, a world champion. He's good in his own right, but he could be um, a world champion. But him. they ain't gonna put it on because he's too damn small for Vince at least. Vince likes that <laughs> fucking big guy. He wants a seven but, foot giant cock master. You know what I'm saying? He wants Diesel. They, <laughs> They had some superstar power in that money in the bank. What do they do? They give it to Brock Lesnar. Yes, no. You know, fucking. This is my client. So yet again, yet again, the Vince McMahon busted out the golden shovel on yeah. six of the guys that could have easily, easily yeah. been a better solution to that. Just a I mean. I mean, uh, I've read a lot that Drew McIntyre is supposed to be getting a really big push going into SummerSlam, but yeah. they just blew an opportunity to have him 
lurking as Mr. Money in the Bank. They have this wild card rule where you can, uh, if you're a Raw superstar or SmackDown superstar, you can wild card and be on the other show. Um, they could have had Drew Mac. <laughs> they could have had Drew McIntyre lurking around corners, thinking, "Oh, am I going to cash in on SmackDown, or maybe I, maybe I uh, mind fuck Rollins a little bit?" Instead, they Brock Lesnar. Instead, they bring Brock Lesnar out on Raw, head bobbing to his fucking Money in the Bank. That's that's what they did. Yeah, is that? And I mean, people are trying to say that it's Brock Lesnar is the reason that their viewership was up. They can. 50% from like the last like six weeks. But I mean, Brock Lesnar, I, he puts asses in seats, but do, do we want to see Brock Lesnar as the champ again? He got so much heat. People were begging freaking anybody to take that title from him at WrestleMania. Give it a and go. Now buddy. you're just gonna, <laughs> I mean, I, I would have been happy if Hornswoggle would have came out and grabbed that briefcase. I mean, anybody but Lesnar. Again, I don't have a problem with Lesnar uh, being on the roster, um, but he's a part-timer. Don't put your biggest title on a part-timer. It's sad that the women's division has more star power and is more talked about recently than the men's division. Yeah. I mean, it's not you, sad. That's a good you, thing. They deserve it. They've been working hard, but oh, yeah, still, your definitely. men are supposed to keep up. I mean, they got to keep yeah. up. But before we get into any more rabbit holes, let's go through these money in the bank results, and then we'll talk a little more about um, that and AEW and everything going on in the wrestling world before we hit up Nitro. All right. Um, your kickoff match yep. was the Usos taking on the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, Daniel Bryan and Rowan, in their non-title match on the kickoff show. So it says here the Usos defeated the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, which is, I mean, I guess fucking surprising. I don't know. Did you you watch it, right? I didn't watch the kickoff. Um, yeah, who watches the um, kickoff? <laughs> but I heard it was kind of just a eh, match. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of figured, well, it was non-title anyways, but the Usos got moved to Raw, so... Having them go against the SmackDown Tag Team Champions was was kind of weird booking anyways. They might have booked it before they decided to move them over to Raw. Um, uh, very well, could be. Yeah. Next up, uh, Rey Mysterio Jr. defeated Samoa Joe for the United States Championship, uh, which sounds like it was good. It's Mark, not I didn't it, see it. Um, you're not... It's not in like the correct order. You're just reading it as it looks. Oh, is it? it? Okay, my bad. I didn't know that. Oh, I was just asking how because uh, the the women's money in the bank match was the match that uh, kicked off the show. Oh, okay. Well, that's uh, okay. My bad. So this isn't in the right order, guys. That's my. That's on me. Um, no worries. Uh, we can go in the order that you have it. Yeah. Um, the Rey Mysterio versus Samoa Joe. It was. It was good for. It was a short match, man, freaking, and the ref botched the finish. Freaking, um, it could have been due to the fact that Smojo got his nose broke during the match. Rey Mysterio hit a um, a sitting, like, what do they call it, a senton, where he does, like, he just, like, bounces off the rope and, like, jumps onto his head and sits down. Um, he messed up, ended up breaking Smojo's nose. Um, 
shortly after that rolls him up. You can clear like the ref was right there looking at Joe's. You could see his shoulders were up. Freaking like worse than Ronda Rousey's shoulders being up at WrestleMania. Uh, both of Samoa Joe's shoulders were up. The ref counts one, two, three, and uh, Rey Mysterio is your new United States champion. Um, it could, like I said, it could have been because he got his nose broke and the ref just uh, out of concern for Joe botched the finish. I don't know what happened, but uh, definitely a real screwy finish there. Um, Dominic Rey Mysterio's son came down. Uh, even he looked kind of shocked. So I don't know if he was supposed to get involved in the match at some point and just didn't get to happen. But either way, Rey Mysterio is your new United States champion. Also making him a Grand Slam champion. Grand Slam. Well, if anybody deserves it, you know, um, Ray has been in the business so long. If he deserves any other honor um, than what he already does have, it's it's that. You know, I mean, Ray's a good guy. He's a great wrestler. You know, watching him growing up, uh, we, we, we've seen him do a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. He's a super cool person. I got to meet him uh, when he was the world heavyweight yeah. champion. Um, I still have a magazine that he signed for me. He's He's a super cool man. Like you said, he definitely deserves it. Um, he's he's done a lot for not only WWE, but a lot of other promotions as well. Of course. I mean, he's worked all over the world. Um, you know, we all, of course, I always call him Rey Mysterio Jr., and that's because of WCW. I used to love watching him over there. I used to love his stuff with Eddie Guerrero and the LWO, you know, Latino World Order. I mean, he... If he, he just he it's kind of crazy how <clears throat> he didn't have the moniker of a Grand Slam champion until just now. Like you would think, by now he would already have that. But yeah, yeah. but definitely congrats to him. Like you said, uh, he deserves it. Well, next up on our list that I have is Shane McMahon defeating The Miz in a steel cage matchup. I guess it was a grudge match, right? <laughs> yeah, this is a, a grudge match from WrestleMania and yet again a match that ended with a ref botching it. Son of a bitch. Um, the refs were just fucking up all night. I mean, Vince probably lined them up and beat them all with a hose at backstage or something. Like they, the match was really, really freaking good. Don't get me wrong. And then Miz tore it up um, towards the ending of the match. Um, the Miz hits the skull crushing finale on Shane onto a steel chair. How Shane got this steel chair into the cage is a mystery alone. Like, this chair just mysteriously showed up. Like, no one threw it in. Like, there's a cage around the ring. He couldn't have got under the ring. But anyways, mystery chair gets into the match. Um, Miz skull-crushing finales Shane into it. Covers him for the pin. The refs won. Two, Shane McMahon puts his foot on the bottom rope, and the ref stops counting. Anybody who knows wrestling knows there's no disqualification, no rope break. 
inside of a steel cage. Even like Michael Cole, um, Renee Young, they were all like losing their shit over this. And it's like the commentators are calling this uh, botch out. So freaking the ref, for whatever reason, doesn't count. Um, Corey Graves tries to play it off. Oh, he's not counting because Shane McMahon signs his paycheck. Da, 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 da. And like the ref was high on bath salts or something. He fucked up. Um, Shane McMahon ends up slipping out of his shirt and um, goes through the cage door to get the win. Um, but this match should have been won by The Miz. Um, I don't know if the the foot on the rope was planned or if the ref just really fucked it up that hard. But it was definitely a screwy yeah. uh, finish to a really good match that, yet again, The Miz should have won. Well, um, it sounds like, once again, we this wasn't the, in the This wasn't the, the only... Uh, ref screw up either um as you go through the rest of the matches um i will point out the next uh ref screw up on the card <laughs> well next one on my list is bailey defeating naomi carmella natalia and still there Nick? Man- yeah you there check check i think something happened to nick And we're back there. Sorry, just a slight pause and then the broadcast, just a smidge of a delay and a fucking, it's pretty much Sean's fucking fault. Thanks a lot, dude, you fucking asshole. You know, I I know we agreed to uh, no more <laughs> off-color jokes, but, you know, I could have easily I'm, slid one in there. Not do it, damn it. To, we, I'm, not I'm, do I'm it. Like, I'm biting my tongue super hard. I like, can do it. Don't say his name. <laughs> we, we don't say that person's name here. Don't say it. You know why? Anyway, uh, I, I will fucking beat you again. It's part of my contract. Anyway, <laughs> moving on, you said up next was the women's money in the bank match. Yeah, next up was the women's money in the bank matchup. Uh, <laughs> Bailey defeating Naomi, Carmella, Natalia, Ember Moon, Mandy Rose, Dana Brooke, and Nikki Cross. Um, which, first a... off, I didn't see this match, but I want to tell you that this is probably the first thing on the card that I have been just so fucking just pumped about. Bailey winning the Money in the Bank, if any woman on that card deserved it. Um, which, don't get me wrong, Naoma Carmella, oh, Carmella's shit. She's the drizzling shits, but the rest of them are all really good. I love Natalia, I love Ember Moon, Mandy Rose is good, Dana Brooke is cool, Nikki Cross is cool, but... Bailey, she has been busting her ass for years, you know, back in fucking NXT, yes, yes. and you know, and uh, and she's hot, you was, know, what I'm saying? so that's really cool. I so, forgot who I was talking to prior to the show. I think it was Dino, and uh, we were talking about who, who out of those women do we feel would be the most deserving? Um, honestly, um, it was brilliant booking by WWE. Yeah. Um, um, so kudos to them for getting something right that didn't end in a ref botch. Um, it took me by surprise. I honestly thought Carmella or um, Mandy Rose because Vince has a chubby for um, hot blondes, as we all know. He does. Hot um, blondes and big <laughs> men, you know what I'm saying? That's his, that's his M.O. You know? Oh, yeah. So um, when Bailey won, um, I, was, had boobs, I was super happy that the crowd went freak. 
that was probably one of the biggest pops of the night. Um, I ain't going to give it any, I ain't going to jump ahead to the next biggest pop of the night. Um, but, um, it was a great way to kick off the show. The women tore it up, man. It was a phenomenal, um, women's money in the bank ladder match. They, they did just as good, if not better than the guys. Um, we saw some hard bumps and ultimately led to Bailey, um, winning it. Um, it looked like Mandy Rose was actually going to win it. Sonia Deville had her like up on her shoulders, carrying her up the ladder. And then all of a sudden, boop, here comes Bailey up the other side of the ladder. Um, ended up knocking him off and grabbed that, that golden ring. So yeah, she I was super happy. Like, yeah, she deserves it, man. After, um, all the crap she's been through lately. Um, she hasn't like they lost their tag team titles to the fucking iconics. Um, which is fucking Sasha stupid. Banks. Yeah. Sasha Banks doesn't know if she's quitting or if she's going. I don't blame um, her. Maybe so. she can go to Vegas where they'll use her correctly. Just saying. <laughs> sorry, not fucking sorry. So, um, Bailey's just been kind of in the air. We've seen her uh, take some losses. Like I just felt like yet again Bailey was going to get the short end of the stick. So the fact that she ended up winning the match um, shocked me. Again, got a huge pop. So I was super happy. Bailey definitely deserves it, man. Um, she busted her ass in NXT since she's came up to the main roster. Uh, she's busted her ass, got the short end of the stick multiple times. So, um, like I said, very good booking on WWE's part. I'm glad they finally uh, gave Bailey that 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 money in the bank contract. Yeah. So next up on my list here is the WWE Cruiserweight Championship match between. I'm probably going to say this wrong, but uh, Aria Diviari. And Tony Nisi. Tavari versus uh, Tony Nisi. Now, everybody on my fucking list here, I recognize. Tony Nisi, I do not. Um, um, new, what, who's I guy? honestly, he's a, they're 205 Live guys, man. Oh, um, for fuck's sake. And I'm not, I've, I've expressed this multiple times. Um, people keep telling me, oh, 205 Live's gotten so much better. It's uh it's up there with NXT. They they're putting on good good shit, but you know it's kind of like once something's ruined for you, you always you like always have that bitter taste in your mouth. Yeah. So like I I just haven't brought myself around to giving Two Hundred Five Live another shot. No, I have. I heard probably that, should. Yeah. Uh, for the sake of the show, just so like one of us is watching it, but um, it was. It was a decent match, man. Um, we haven't seen the cruiserweight title defended on uh, the main r- main show. It's usually defended on the kickoff show. Um, let alone midway through the show was uh, was a shock to me. Yeah, uh, but it was it was a decent match. Um, uh, Davari, he was a. Uh, who was he the manager of years ago? I think, if, um, if I'm correct, 
And the name sounds very familiar. It was Muhammad Hassan. Muhammad Hassan. You know, that guy. Yeah. The guy who got um, last rided through the the set of the Great American Bash by The Undertaker. To never be seen again. You make one terrorist <laughs> angle and fucking everybody loses their fucking mind, you know? Right? Worst After 9 11, they're like, eh, eh, you, know? Yeah. Uh, you know? We gotta. If you're gonna golden shovel anybody, this is the guy to do <laughs> this it. This is to. the fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> Bust it out, Vince. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's breaking the glass in the fucking office. It's, All right, we gotta do this. It's, it's, now it's time. Right, it's go time, boys. Take her. Next Here's up, your orders, son. <laughs> Next up, I had the uh, the is it the Raw Women's Championship match? Yeah. The Raw Women's Championship. Yeah, oh, Becky Lynch defeats Lacey Evans, no, 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 and what I can no, only no, no, assume no, no. is a fucking you're giving her. Match. You're giving her a really terrible intro. Oh, fuck, my bad. Becky, go ahead. Go, go the man, Becky the man. Lynch, Becky, two belts, the champ champ versus Lacey Evans. Yeah, well, and what I can only was, assume was a squash. Uh, Becky Lynch defeats and keeps the championship. It was a good match, man. Again, Lacey Evans has been sucker punching her for weeks. Um, Lacey Evans had some really good matches over on NXT since moving up to the main roster. She's uh, she really hasn't done anything until now, when uh, she she got a hair up her ass and decided, hey Becky, I'm fucking with you. So um, it was a good match, but yet again, the refs fucked it up. Oh God! So um, towards the end of the match, Lacey Evans had um, Becky Lynch pinned. Um, Corey Graves even mentioned it. So yet again, the the commentators picked up on the refs fucking up. Her shoulders were down for a good four seconds. The ref moves positions. Like you can see the ref looking, notices. Oh, hey, her shoulders are down. Moves positions like all the way around the ring, and by the time he gets into the other position. Becky Lynch was able to reverse it into the disarmor, uh, and Lacey Evans tapped. So Becky defended her uh, Raw Women's Championship successfully. But again, no thanks to a ref fuck-up. But right after that match, um, Charlotte came out and was like, there's a... no rest for the wicked, so to speak. You're defending that SmackDown title right now. Um, Bully Ray said it best, uh, the best way I can describe it on the Busted Open podcast. Um, it was very unqueen-like of her. She came down like no no glamour, no woo, any of that. It was straight to the point. Like, well, it wasn't this about being happening at that time. It was about winning the fucking title back. Um, she, yeah, her dad exactly. was the dirtiest player in the game, and I can only assume that Charlotte Flair is going to be the same. So, um, again, they it wasn't the best Becky-Charlotte um, match that I've seen, uh, but it wasn't the worst either. It was a, it was a pretty solid match. 
Um, Charlotte ends up, um, and this was a it was a botched move on Charlotte's part. Um, she goes and hits that that big uh, that big boot on her, yeah. and like Becky, like you can see if you go back and watch that match, like she was way off from kicking Becky, but Becky sold it, and um, Charlotte ended up um, pinning her one, two, three. Your new SmackDown Women's Champion. The crowd was like going ape shit chanting uh we yeah. want bailey and all that and sure enough boom bailey's music hits um and uh bailey successfully cashed in on charlotte so dethroning queen in her shortest reign ever your new smackdown women's champion is bailey and uh, yeah. that was the the biggest pop, the second biggest pop of the night, yet again coming from Bailey because um, that crowd freaking lost it, man. They can. I'd hug. It Bailey was a good moment. Over. And oh, I'd hug Bailey too. Over again. Mine and her asses have touched. So that's to right. Speak, I so. forgot. You know. Uh, oh. You can say things are kind of serious between us. <laughs> <laughs> but. The refs, like I said, I don't know what was up with them during Money in the Bank. They were fucking up left and right. Um, I forgot to mention it during the the Shane and Miz match. They even had chance of AEW during that match. Ah. They had the fuck. They had fuck you ref chance going during that. Like it was all bad. That's that's hilarious. I wish I could have heard that part. All right. Um. We keep going. We keep chugging through the money in the bank pay-per-view. Next up, Roman Reigns defeats Elias. And just we can skip like a, that. Yeah, no, sounds like another fucking Roman Reigns match. So, yeah. Of course. Uh, and then Seth Rollins defeats AJ Styles. To, is, he, is he defending or is he getting the Universal? He was defending the Universal Championship. Yes. Um, how was that? Was he it was okay? Yeah. That match was freaking amazing. A lot of people are already calling it match of the year candidate um and i won't i I won't just i won't disagree with it man if you haven't got a chance to watch it watch just that match if you don't watch any anything else during money in the bank watch that match it was wwe and then match of the year candidate in the same sentence so i'll have to check it out (laughs) it was it was really good man um is aj styles um probably the second best wrestler in the world uh, behind Kenny Omega. Then uh, Seth Rollins, who many say is the future of the WWE. Um, we were talking about a little bit ago. Do I see him being that mega star to be determined? But it was, it was a really, really good match. Um, Seth Rollins was able to successfully defend his universal championship against against the phenomenal one in that match. I'll check it out. Um, next up was uh, Kofi Kingston, unfortunately defeating Kevin Owens and keeping the, the uh, world champion. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, Kudos to Kofi. I am, 
when he won that title at WrestleMania, I marked out, man. Cause I'm not gonna lie. I, I, when I heard about it, I, I'm not gonna lie. I, I'm actually really cool with it. I think it's I think it's a good idea. It's one of their freshest ideas they've had in a long fucking time. Exactly. So, and Kofi you know, is long overdue. I can't give him any shit. I felt for that. I felt that back when he had that feud with Randy Orton. Um, he was ready then. Shit. Yeah, he was ready then to get the title. Um, but it was it was long overdue. I was super happy when he wanted at at WrestleMania, and I'm <laughs> glad they didn't have him as a one month champ. That his reign's gonna go a little bit longer. I hope he does. Uh, it was a really good match. Um, Kevin Owens is um, whether you love him, whether you hate him. Uh, Kevin Owens is a damn good wrestler. Um, he's he's a hell of an opponent for for Kofi to be defending for in his first title defense. So oh, definitely, yeah, man, so. and he's a uh, he's probably one of the best heels in WWE right now. Um, he's one of the people that you just love to hate, kind of like the Miz um, or Jericho and his heel stuff. I mean, you just love hating. Fucking oh yeah, Jericho. definitely. Jericho is. I would consider Jericho the greatest heel of all time. Like. Yeah, you, can, you can debate that. Jericho you know, like, could mean, make you love him one second, then the next minute just absolutely fucking I, hate him. I hate to say it, you know, and don't get me wrong, I don't hate Jericho. I mean, I've given him a lot of shit over the years, and for a while there, I did feel like he was overrated, but the more that you guys pushed me into watching him, you know, the more I, you know, I liked him and stuff. His Japanese stuff with uh, Kenny Omega was really good, and... But I can't shit, say that his he's matches a, with uh, with Naito were phenomenal yeah, oh, too. Fuck yeah, that was some good shit. Um, but I can't say that he's the greatest heel of all time. That's for me when I think heel, the very first picture that pops into my head is is, is Ric Flair. Um, Rick True. will always True. be the heel for me in any of my like just in a wrestling story. When I'm thinking heel, Ric Flair and Four Horsemen. You know, what I'm saying that is the heel for me, the the perfect heel. Um, speaking of, real quick, before we move on to the rest of this card, I just want to send uh, a lot of prayers out to the Flair family. He's going through a lot right now, real sick. Um, you know, had to, I think he pulled out a Starcast actually, as a matter of fact. Um, yeah, people were saying that he was just—it uh, was some minor surgery that he was supposed to have prior to Starcast, but apparently the situation's uh, worse than what. Yeah. So definitely, definitely thoughts and prayers out to the okay. Flair family. Yeah, same here, man. Um, that'll be one that hits pretty hard if uh, oh Jesus, yeah. uh, when the when the when the final bell rings for Ric Flair. Yeah, most definitely, um, it will be. Eventually, it's going to happen one day. Let's just keep praying that it's still a long way off. Um, the final right. match that I have on my list here is Brock Lesnar fucking defeating Finn Balor, Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, Ricochet, Baron Corbin, Ali, and Andrade. Um, this this what sucks about this is that almost I I don't know, I don't know much about Ali, but almost everybody in that fucking match could have been or can be a better champion than Brock Lesnar. That's what's so shitty. Exactly. You know? uh, Finn Balor was the first champion, and he's never gotten really a chance to do it again. Drew McIntyre hasn't had a chance to prove himself there since coming back. Randy Orton is fucking Randy Orton. Need I say more? Ricochet, we know about Ricochet in Japan. He's proven himself over and over again here in the WWE. Baron Corbin, excuse me, I take that back. Baron Corbin is the only one on this fucking list who cannot be a fucking champion. <laughs> excuse me, I forgot about Baron Corbin. And then Ali and Andrade, <laughs> you know. 
I'm talking about Baron Corbin. The lone wolf needs to lone wolf his ass back out of this fucking card, too. You're just salty because he... Uh, I fucking can't stand Baron Corbin. I'm trashed, sorry. He trashed Kurt Angle's farewell. It's not about that. I didn't even see that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't even know he did that. Oh, I know. I don't, I don't I don't really... you, you've had a... You've had a... An unnatural hate for Baron Corbin for as long as we've talked about yeah, Baron like, Corbin on the show. Look, he just never... You know who Baron Corbin reminds me of? He reminds me of, like, God, Duke the Dumpster Drossy, or whatever his fucking name was. Like, he doesn't mean anything. Like, he's fucking... Maybe the person is cool. Maybe the person, uh, whoever is Baron Corbin as a person, he's probably a good guy. You know, he probably jacks off with his feet like everybody else does. But, you know, let me tell you... (laughs) As a character, Baron fucking Corbin just doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Like, he's this lone wolf, and then he's this corporate guy, and they're like, dude, you you just suck. I'm sorry, like, your gimmick sucks. You suck. You can't fucking talk. Your wrestling is eh. You know, like, he should not be in the Money in the Bank. Like, he should have been down on the fucking Die alone show. and... <laughs> Die alone in the alley, you fucking scum. Like, the quad that Kevin Nash fucking tore has got more talent than Baron Corbin. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, and I'm a big Kevin Nash fan. But um, I'm just saying. <laughs> to me, to me, Baron Corbin is a, is a forever mid-carder. He'll have his moments where he shines... Um, he'll get those those brief moments, but he's but not even a mid him Corbin should be on the opening I don't see of the him show. As world champion. <laughs> he should be on the but, opening of the show, putting guys over like Ali or Rey Mysterio or whatever, just for like when they have bullshit matches, <laughs> they just need to fill up time. Put him with Corbin, job him out. Yeah, job squad. But, he's the new job squad leader. He's the new Al Snow. <laughs> And that's that's an insult. That's, I don't mean to insult Al Snow because I'm a fan of his too, but he's the new job squad. Oh my God! Somebody get him a T-shirt. Yeah. Fucking Ash, get him a T-shirt. <laughs> Minus Baron Corbin, I agree. Anybody in that match would have been yeah. a better pick, a fresh new pick at that. Um, I'd have been surprised. I'll say to see minus Andrade Baron Corbin, minus minus Corbin and Orton. Anybody else would have been a fresh... But only because Orton's done it a couple of times, not because he couldn't do it. No, exactly. And um, the original person was Braun Strowman that was supposed to be in that match. Um, He got pulled and Sami Zayn got put in it. We saw during the Money in the Bank, Sami Zayn got attacked and um, couldn't couldn't fill his spot. So that spot was open. I was like... Hold on, why did... did, uh... Strowman get pulled out. He having some problems um, in the back. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, him and Sammy have been having this weird thing. Um, uh, so Baron ended up getting pulled from it. So Sammy got put in, and then um, Sammy got attacked, and it, they were accusing Braun of it. He said he had nothing to do with it. Um, so Triple H asked him professionally to leave the building. Um, I thought that was just like okay, he's leaving the building. Then halfway through the match, he's going to come out and freaking wreck house and A, either win it or create enough chaos that Drew McIntyre or someone else could have won it. Um, Drew McIntyre was my pick to win it. Like, 
Um, that too probably since I coming back behind too. Yeah, it's McIntyre. Since since coming back to WWE, all he has done is lay waste to fucking everybody, and I love it. I'm a huge Drew McIntyre fan. I love the fact that he kicked the shit out of uh, Roman Reigns after he came back from uh, faking his cancer. I'm glad he kicked the whoa, shit out of whoa, Dean Ambrose whoa, before whoa, he left. Whoa, 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 whoa. Fucking whoa. Did you just say Roman uh, Reigns faked his fucking cancer? Roman Reigns faked his what fucking cancer. What the fuck cancer. is wrong? What the fuck know, is wrong, I dude? Know. I know. Oh I'm my god! Gonna get, oh, I'm gonna Jesus. get more heat than a you, freaking. Uh, you than just a furnace, Baron Corbin's but, uh, got more talent than you do right now. That's fucked, <laughs> dude. I honestly, I honestly believe that he you just take Repo it, Man or, levels of heat. You or, understand that, or right? if he, if it was wasn't fake, it wasn't as severe as they were making it out to be. I, I don't think that they would he, fake cancer. He I'm was, sorry. he was out filming a movie with The Rock. He was out doing other shit, so like. Well, just because he's I got cancer doesn't mean that he has to sit in his room the entire time. That just means he doesn't need to be wrestling until he gets better. I think that I he just, had cancer, and I think it was serious. I mean, he has records and stuff of the first cancer. I just that uh, a lot of people are I just saying don't that. Think it, to and then comes back three months later. I don't know. It just seemed it seemed really sketchy to me. Again. Um, but anyways, I'm glad Baron or not Baron Corbin shit. They can Drew McIntyre kicked the shit out of him when he came back. They can decimated the Shield. They can that's all Drew McIntyre has done. And for whatever reason, they still haven't gave him a fucking title match. And well, I mean, I'm gonna call a, bullshit. Vince, Vince, the first time said he's the chosen one. He's a guaranteed champion. And they ended up jobbing him out, making him a three and B well, member. Back then, back then, I mean, you know, I mean, I can see why they fucking jobbed him out. See, Drew McIntyre, Drew McIntyre back then was badass yeah, too. I remember until... Drew McIntyre back then. I watched a little bit back then, and he was not that fucking badass. He was just another henchman. He was another goon for Vinnie Mac. Now, after he went to I... Defiant and Watt Culture and wrestled back in the UK, and Vince, yeah, when he left WWE yeah. and completely repackaged himself, yeah. He became even more of a badass, and like I said, he's laid waste to everybody since. And he's even said it on Raw that he's he's yet to get a title shot, and he does deserve it. He's, he's a good, so that good wrestler. He deserves it. He's a great heel. Yeah. Freaking, um, him and Seth Rollins, I think, could have an amazing feud leading in the SummerSlam. That great. He's a great talker, too. I've heard shit about his talking ability, and I'm like, look, you need to go back and listen to him when he doesn't have a fucking muzzle on him in his ear. Like, the man can talk, yeah. but you have to let oh, him yeah. talk. You know? So even the, even the promos he's cut since coming back have been solid. I heard a couple Again, people talking um, shit about him, so... Eh, they're probably Marks. But anywho... Um, Again, Marks... <laughs> the the Melvins out there are gonna are yeah, gonna hate on Melvins, everybody. The Baron fucking Corbins of the earth. <laughs> you know? But um, McIntyre was my number one pick. Yeah, I was hoping that hey he finally would have got it. Um, so him and Seth could have freaking. If anything, I hope this leads to um 
a feud between him and Brock Lesnar. I'd love to see him kick the shit out of Lesnar. That'd be a fucking phenomenal match. That could be some if I stuff. see anybody like being a legit like competitor to Brock Lesnar, it would have to be Drew McIntyre. Um, anywho, looping it back around here, um, Ali's up on top of the ladder. Looks like he's about to um, win the briefcase. Uh, Lesnar's music hits. He runs down, pushes the ladder, and hits a cameraman. Freaking uh, gets into the ring, uh, fucks Ollie up, climbs the ladder. Boom, your new um, beatbox into the sound of his own music. Jesus Money Christ. in the Bank winner. Brock the crowd Lesnar. goes mild. <laughs> right? The crowd was dead, bro. Like, I. I I was expecting some booze or something, but no, there was probably one guy. All. There was probably one guy all the way up in the nosebleed. I don't yeah. like any of this, yeah. <laughs> right? Fucking Lester, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> he had his he had his can of Axe but, body spray and his hot dog and his UFC hat because he's different. He's like, yeah, bro, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, I think Meltzer actually gave it a B minus, or somebody gave it a B minus. What do you think? Before the whole we move stuff? on to uh, talk a little bit about Double or Nothing, um, I would have gave the show um, a B plus if there wasn't so many fuck ups during the show. Yeah. Um. The refs alone dropped my rating of Money in the Bank to a solid C. Mm, I, I can see that. I can see that. That's irritate. They irritate me too. I'm not going to give it a solid grade because I didn't watch it. You know, like most people. I mean, um, if it was one ref fuck up, then like let it go. I would have gave yeah. it yeah B minus something like that. But you got the refs fucking up the Samoa Joe match, the Miz match, the Lacey Evans match. Freaking, uh, there's way too many, too many fuck ups in a short period of time. Um, that kind of took away from the, it pulls you out of that, that feeling when you're watching it. All right. So next up, we're going to talk a little bit about AEW. All elite wrestling. Double or Nothing is coming this weekend, and there's a lot going on in the wrestling world. We're going to see Cody versus Dustin. We're going to see Sammy Guerra versus uh, a new guy I don't know too much about, actually. I don't have his name. Um, we're going to see Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho. The Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros. The over-the-top bro, over-the-budget casino buy-in battle fucking royal. There's a lot of shit. We could see the Hishi wrestle. Whoa! Whoa! That's not nice, bro. You know, that's not nice. I think it's really cool, actually. I thought it was thought it was really interesting. Um, you know, because it's kind of hard to find those kind of people for wrestling shows. Um, I mean, you don't see it in WWE, that's for sure. So I was, I was, I thought it was okay. I thought it was okay. I'm waiting to see how I just don't. Well, I, I I I won't touch on this subject because it'll end up just a 
pissing off a bunch of listeners, and uh, I ain't trying to go down that rabbit hole tonight. All right. All right. <laughs> okay, we'll move along then. But anyways, we got a lot of great stuff going on at, at Double or Nothing. I'm looking forward to checking it out. Um, Dude, Cody versus Dustin. Oh That's going to be a bad I I watched the promo. from. I've watched both sides, but Cody, his promo about, you know, he's like, I'm not here to kill Dustin Rhodes. I'm here to kill the Attitude Era. I think my, I think I marked out loud when that fucking happened. Like I was like, "Holy shit!" Uh, yeah. You know, because no, he made such a great point. You know, is that these guys like Cody and Kenny and the Young Bucks and Okada and all them, their matches are always put on this pedestal and compared to the Attitude Era. When when you go back, not to take anything away from them, the fact is the matches aren't as good. The stories are awesome, and I mean, there are some great matches in the mix. I mean, Austin, Bret Hart, and John Michaels, and fucking Austin, and, and Undertaker and his matches. I mean, there are some good stuff in there, but it doesn't really hold up against a Kenny Omega Okada match. And it doesn't really hold up against a, a Cody Rhodes and Ibushi match. <coughs> um, I'm just saying that he's right, and I think it's interesting that somebody had the gonads to go up against the Attitude Era, and I'm, I'm waiting to see how this goes. I am actually kind of pulling for Dustin a little bit because I'm a big Gold Dust fan, you know. I'm so. pulling, uh, shit, I, have, I don't, honestly haven't really thought about it to see who I'm going to go for. It's, it's a hard one to pick. Um, I mean, you got Gold Dust. It is, man. And you got Cody. I mean, it's brothers. I, mean, I wish the American Dream, Dr. Rhodes, was here. The American Dream. You know, I wish I I think, happen. uh, like, I. It's going to be a good match. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're going Either to way, but I think, uh, I think old Goldie's going to put over a little brother. You think so? I, I think so. I don't know, man. I mean, it's just, it's kind of hard to call. There's, they could do this so many ways. If Dustin is wanting to stay in the business a little bit longer and he wants to have, run a program with Cody, this could be the first of a couple of really good matches. Or this could be his last match. It could be... This could be a loser leaves town, and he's ready to be done, and he could put over little brother too. So I, there's a lot of different ways they could go with it. A little bit of news yeah, real quick. If anybody hasn't seen the latest uh, Road to Double or Nothing, the winner of the uh, Casino Battle Royal and then the winner of the Kenny Omega Chris Jericho match will be the ones who fight. I'm guessing at the next pay per view or in the very soon future. The ones who fight for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship, which has been completed, and which they teased showing, but they didn't actually show on the Road to Double or Nothing. And from what I gather, this title, this title is supposed to look, it's supposed to be big. We're talking fucking very classic style NWA Mid-South kind of fucking big fucking title. And I'm so excited. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. I can't wait to see it. Um, so, so um, it's just at this point, who's gonna fight um, Kenny Omega for the title? <laughs> you really think he's gonna just go over? I mean, he he went over in Japan, man. I mean, they may not do it that way. I mean, I, it's gonna be good. I ain't taking anything away from Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho is a fucking icon. I um, just I think in their second match that Jericho might go over, which is fine with me. Think, even them up for a, a yeah. title match against each other in the future. In the future, I can the see. Headlining. I can see that. I can see that. Because, like, um, if you think about it, if you put Kenny over a second time, I mean, that's it. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, can yeah, he it's hard twice? to bounce back from a... How is Cody supposed to... Or, yeah, Kenny's beat him twice. How's Chris supposed to bounce back from that and come back for the title? He's here for three years, so he's not just going to be hanging around the mid-card for three fucking years. So I sure. honestly could see them putting Chris over to build for another feud between uh, Kenny and Chris for another pay-per-view. And, man, yeah, now that, now that you put it that way, and what bigger way to just, like, spit in the mouth of Vince McMahon than having... Uh, what a lot of people refer to as the WWE guy win that title first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, mean, I was I was thinking factors. of it as Kenny Omega is probably the biggest uh, name in wrestling today. I um, I've said it many times. I think Kenny yeah. Omega is probably the best wrestler in the world today. Um, yeah. So I can see them wanting to have him as their first champ. But um, when you're looking at the the way you laid it out right now um i think i'm gonna change my vote and uh uh agree chris jericho will probably go over on this one yeah I, I see it too i see him going over as well so it's it's gonna be interesting i can't wait to see double or nothing i may not get to check it out live because i gotta work but i'm definitely gonna be checking it out um afterwards one way or another and i wish i could stack, check out starcast i really want to see starcast i really want to go to starcast because that's i know i've been taking a break from um uh, doing the podcast these last couple of months because of my own stuff, but I've never stopped watching. I never stopped listening to the Conrad Thompson podcast. Um, him and and uh, Tony Schiavone, him and uh, Eric Bischoff, and then Bruce Pritchard. They've done some really good stuff, and it's it's just been really good to listen to. And you know, not trying to take you away from us, but if you do get the chance, swing by Westwood One or Google Play, find their podcast, and sit down and listen. The stories are great. Klondike Bill, oh my. God, I love that guy. Um, there's a lot of good stuff in those in those shows, and so. And with that being said, I'm gonna plug the Busted Open podcast as Busted well. Busted Open with uh, Bully Ray. Mark Henry's on there sometimes, you and Itchy uh, Ray. <laughs> and uh, I can't remember the other guy's name, but they do a really good show. Um, you can listen to it on um, Sirius XM. They got it on Pandora. Apple Podcasts, all them places. Um, it's a really, really good um, podcast. Uh, I was listening to the the episode they had Chris Jericho on there earlier today, and it was just really solid. Um, so if you want to check out former wrestler podcast, that would be um, Sean B's pick. Just saying, I'm calling out Bully Ray for a thumb wrestling match right fucking now. He wants to show up. He knows where I am. I'm sure he can find me. He's Bully Ray. Thumb wrestling match. Bring it. All right. I will get the table and we will put our hands there and do a thumb wrestling match and you will lose. (laughs) And then you will be put through the table. Yeah. And I'll put you through the fucking table because I'm going to be you for a minute. Do it. Damn it. No. um, (laughs) But Double or Nothing sounds like it's going to change the face of wrestling. I mean, uh, the the hype I'm around gonna... this are fucking is fucking insane. So I mean, if it, it doesn't does change the like... face of wrestling, it's gonna disappoint a lot of fucking people. No pressure, guys, if you're listening by any kind of weird fucking chance. No pressure. And, and I mean, they they've <laughs> already they they did the impossible that a lot of people claim they sold out in Vegas. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said earlier in the show, no wrestling show ever 
as sold out in Vegas. Um, it's going to be good, and I'm going to go on record right now to say that Double or Nothing is going to piss all over Money in the Bank. Is going to piss all over freaking uh, this super show that they got coming up. Okay, but that's not that's not too hard because I'm pretty sure December to or December to December like 2007 or whatever could probably do that too. So, yeah. oh my god, it's. You really say December to dismember? Whatever. I mean, like, fucking St. Valentine's <laughs> Massacre 98 could fucking do that. You know, bust out all the bash at the beach. Yeah, any bash at the beach could fucking do that. You know, especially 96. Especially 96. That was like, I don't know why. That was always, like, my favorite pay-per-view name. I like Bash of the Beach, but Halloween Havoc was another really fucking good one for me. Um, Halloween Havoc, yeah. The worst I, one, and I'm a WCW fan, but the worst one for me, I always thought Slamboree was fucking stupid. I thought it sounded stupid, you know? <laughs> it does. Slamboree! Like you know? like what the a, fuck is that? A teenage girl's uh, sleepover. We're going to have a Slamboree this yeah, weekend. Slamboree, guys! You know, like, what are you doing? <laughs> I like all the old, like, the Tupelo Stampede and... You know, the fucking Stampede shows and the Clash of the Champions. Those are some really good stuff. But Slamboree, you know, I just imagine some carny saying it like that. Like, come on down to the Slamboree, <laughs> goddammit. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just didn't sound appealing to me. But as we segue, which is very good on your part, as we segue um, into what I guess you can call the main events. Of the evening. Uh, <laughs> we head into Nitro, March 26, 2001. And Raw, March 26, 2001. Now let me give you... For those hop of you... Into, hop into your DeLorean, gun it to 88. We're taking a blast to the past. Where we're going. We don't need storylines. Especially in WCW. <laughs> 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 I like that. I like that. They didn't need storylines. They just made things up the day of, you know. Right. We're do this. That's what we're going to do. Cannon, cannon. <laughs> we don't need <laughs> All right. Um, so let me set the scene for you. It's March 26, 2001. The past week since the last Monday has been hellish for the wrestlers of WCW. Finding out that the AOL Time Warner merger... Um, had went through, and AOL, Time Warner, wanted nothing to do with wrestling. Eric Bischoff had planned on buying WCW. Uh, for those of you who don't know, had, had went out, got the money for the investment, Fuchsia Media, all that. W- had lots. I'm talking about 10 times, almost, f- I think it was like 50, 10, 15 times the offer that Vince made to end up buying the company and the library. And... Last minute, um, AOL Time Warner canceled the TV deal uh, that they were going to have with TNT, and that was the, that was the final nail in the coffin for WCW. So they had one last show left, uh, which would have been that Monday, and Vince had already bought the company after swooping in, putting in the cheap like I think it was like six, seven mil, million dollars. I think it was you know fucking cheap. <coughs> Excuse me. I got a cold. But anyways, um, you know, after swooping in and picking up the company, we come to March 26, 2001, the final WCW Nitro on TNT. Also, the final Raw before WrestleMania. 
17, which would become one of the biggest WrestleManias in the history of WWE. Um, noting also, I didn't know this, but in the stands at one point, they pan over and you find a lot of the WCW superstars sitting up there watching. Big slap in the face, I think that was. <laughs> Big fucking slap in the face. Fucking douchebag. So you want me to start, or do you want to start? or Because basically, oh, before we go into this, basically what we're doing is I'm covering the Nitro of the same night. He's covering the Raw of the same night. We're just going to talk about it and give our opinions and... You know. All of our faithful listeners um, uh, know Nick and also to bring any new listeners up to speed here. If this is your first time listening, uh, Mr. Solomon here is the WCW guy of the I World am. Wrestling Podcast. Um, where me, on the other hand, I grew up watching WWF. Um, okay. Like I would catch WCW, ECW every once in a while, but... Um, I was WWF through and through, so um, we started. We were gonna do um, just the coverage of the last night of WCW, and then I had brought up that because um, Nick said he remembered watching it live, and I was like, "See, I was on the flip side of that. I was watching Raw as this shit went down." So that's how this uh, this came about. Um, if you want, I can start um, the opener of Raw. Mick, uh, Vince showed Vince McMahon in his office, uh, um, and he announced he bought he had bought WCW, and there would be a special simulcast at a special time during the show. Um, did the WCW side have a, a opener or anything like that? Well, our opener. Um was a little bit of a flashback. They showed Bischoff uh, via phone uh, on Nitro the week before, pretty much breaking kayfabe, explaining to the fans what I just told you guys. They had hit a brick wall in trying to buy the company, and it had had pretty much been swept out from under them, and he didn't say who had bought it. Uh, That was, he's leaving that as a surprise, but Vince had, you know, been the one to pick it up. And um, right off the bat, you know, for us, the opening promo, because we actually had that too, was Vince, you know, saying he had bought the company and or the WCW was in my hands. I think that's what he said. Um, yeah. That was pretty much how we started too. And then right after that, oh, real quick, I wanted to say this too. You didn't see it because you were on the Raw side, but if anybody else watched it, I just want to say the fucking Nitro intro to this era, uh, was just, dis- it was so fucking disorienting. It was just random sounds and pictures. It was like what, it's, it's like what Scott Steiner sees on the daily when he wakes up. Like, just random sounds <laughs> and pictures and, you know, just like animal sounds. And I'm just like, okay, I can remember why this, this sucked. This part really fucking sucked. It sucked 20 years ago, it sucks now. So, I mean, yeah, it was bad. <laughs> so, did, uh, Besides the McMahon Bischoff, did you guys have like an opening promo in the ring or anything like well, that? Well, yeah, actually, um, right after that, um, Rick comes down to the ring, and I just want to say right off the bat there too, I really enjoyed that set. Uh, I didn't like the sets before that on the Nitros and stuff, but the final set I thought was really cool. It kind of reminded me of the older stuff. It actually reminded me a lot of Bash at the Beach. 
Yeah, the, it was uh, all outdoors and open. Yeah, with that TV and stuff. They're really, really good about having the outdoor sets. Um, let's see. I had some notes here. I'm just looking through them real quick. And you know, <laughs> Rick comes down and he's you know talking about how Vince had taken WCW into his hand, taking all the employees into in into his hand. You know, even with what's been reported behind the scenes that day for Ric Flair, which was that he didn't want to be there at all. Like, he refused at first, and they made him go get his gear. They made people go to the airport in Pensacola, I think it was, and bring his gear up there so that he could wrestle that night. He still provided a great Flair promo. You know, a usual, normal, great Flair promo. It even got me, like, not emotional, but I definitely felt it. When he was talking in the ring. Um, I think so at least. You know he mentions blading during the promo. And all the work he's put in. Which I think was really cool. Uh, kind of breaking kayfabe there again. With the with the fans talking about. You know breaking himself over. And how many times he's done that. Uh, the end of the. And it was really especially special. Because of how much of an old timer he was. And still is. You know a classic wrestling guy. So for him to get out there on the mic. And do something like that. I thought was really cool. Uh, the end of the promo just you know seeing him challenging Sting to the main event just as it was in the very first Nitro so I thought the the intro to the show was 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 pretty cool I I I love the fact that Flair was there and um, you know him and Sting in the main event was very fitting for the final Nitro going back and watching it for the first time in a long time uh, made me feel you know it, it was it was very cool seeing that um, did you yeah, guys definitely. have anything like that going on before I go into my first match and stuff for the night? Yeah, um, the opening promo um, was none other than the Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle. Um, he came out. He was uh, pretty pissed off. He had yet to have a WrestleMania opponent. Um, he ended up getting um, interrupted by Chris Benoit. Benoit was telling him he's tired of hearing Angle complain. And claiming to be the best wrestler in WWF, um, Benoit told him that if given the chance, he'd make him tap like a bitch. Um, Kurt Angle accepted the match, and uh, they ended up getting into a brawl. Um, Benoit was able to lock in the crossface and uh, made Kurt Angle tap. To the, at, up to that point, Kurt Angle had yet to tap to anybody in the WWF, uh, WWE. Um, Benoit has in this uh, cross face and uh, Edge and Christian come out because they were all buddies with Kurt Angle at the time. Um, broke it up and proceeded to go backstage. Uh, but then cut to Vince McMahon in his office again. He was uh, back there with Trish Stratus. Um, this was during the time that Linda was in her wheelchair. She was uh, oh, yeah. all like comatose or whatever. So Vince and Trish were having their little affair thing. Um, and you see, you see Vince has two TVs in his office. He has one so you can watch what's going on on Raw. Then you see he has one that's he's watching what's happening on WCW. And uh, it showed Buff Bagwell and Vince was making fun of him. Um, then it ended up he ended up announcing that um, the main event of um, Raw that night would be Rock and Austin teaming up against uh, Undertaker and Kane for the main event. Real, real quick, I want a little bit of a sidebar here before we keep going. Um, you know, past this, 
uh, I think the next month, the invasion angle really kicks off. And it all started oh, yeah. with Booker T versus Buff Bagwell. Now, through all the years, we've always, you know, just heard it's bad match, bad this, bad that. But one thing we don't take into a fucking account that I had no idea about until I was listening to one of the Conrad Thompson podcasts just here recently was that the very next week, they were going to be in Atlanta. But Vince couldn't hold his fucking load long enough to fucking do it in Atlanta where they probably would have got a pop and they might have got a better reaction. So he does it in goddamn Seattle, you know, with a, a fan base that knows of but doesn't really know the WCW wrestlers. And of course they don't get over. They don't get over because nobody knows who the fuck they are. You know, I mean, Bruce can say because I know yeah. Bruce and and Conrad got into a huge argument about it. But for me, I have to agree with Conrad here. If they had waited till they got to Atlanta, I think it could have went better, and I think they could have had something there. I think they could have had a better reaction, and 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 possibly a better all around turnout uh, for what the invasion storyline could have been. They just waited till fucking Atlanta. God damn it, Vince! God damn it, pal! <laughs> you know, all so, right, so what was y'all's uh, first official match on the card? First matchup after the promo, which this is one of the biggest things for me. Um, and I'm gonna, I have a full, you know, thing about it later, but just a bitch about it for a second. The booking on this card wasn't necessarily the people, except for in a couple of places. More of the fucking actual card arrangement. Uh, the first match on the card is the World Heavyweight Championship. And the United States Heavyweight Championship, champion for champion, or title for title. And I felt like, why the fuck is this not near the main event? Like, I know that Sting and Ric Flair are the main event, which even if there's no title involved, that deserves to be the main event. I get that. But they could have put this right before. I don't understand why it's topping the fucking card off. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense to me. But, you know, the actual first match on the card is Scott, Penis Pump, Steiner... And uh, <laughs> Booker T. Uh, Steiner's the World Heavyweight Champion. Booker's the U.S. Champ. You know, and this is a title for title matchup. And like I said, I just, you know, I don't fucking understand why the fuck it's on the, it's on the first damn match of the card, which makes no fucking sense. Thank you, Vinny Russo. I don't know if he had anything to do with this, but I'm blaming him for it anyways. Yeah, um, definitely. It was definitely his fault. Uh, the match is pretty normal to start until about the 16-minute mark in the show. Uh, I see the absolute weakest fucking powerbomb reversal I've ever seen. I, <laughs> I, I actually laughed out loud, you know, like when it was... It it's worse like, than, uh, it, it worse like, than Stevie Richards' super kick to Scotty <laughs> Tuhati's chest. Yeah, it was worse than that. It looked like, uh, it looked like there was absolutely no effort from either one of them behind it. Um, <laughs> T ended up pulling out the victory, and uh, in doing so, he unified the United States... Heavyweight Championship and the World Heavyweight Championship after hitting Scott Steiner with the bookend, which I, one of uh, one of my favorite finishing moves was the bookend. I think I always thought it was cooler than the rock bottom. I really did. Um, it was the same fucking move. No, it really isn't. Like the way that Booker T did it and the way that Rock did it, it was different. It's different. I like the way it looked. It was it was different. And I fucking like the way it looked. Um, personally, I I gave the match a two out of five stars for my myself it just kind of felt so out of place so early in the fucking card which well, made no fucking sense to me but okay um that took a lot away from it it really did uh 
And it's a Scott Steiner match. I mean, no matter how talented Booker is, it's still a fucking Scott Steiner match. So it's not like he could have done much for him there. Um, two out of five stars. Holla, if you hear me. We don't want to hear you, Scott. Go away. <laughs> so uh, what was up first, for you after that? Yeah. First match on the Raw side was Taz versus Val Venus. Um with the RTC and the APA as Lumberjacks. Um, this was, like I said, prior to WrestleMania where Taz and the APA were going to team up to take on uh, the right to censor at WrestleMania. So um, this was a it was a pretty short match, honestly. Um, it started off with uh, them throwing some fists. Uh, Taz locks in the Taz mission. Um, RTC members jump up on the apron um, and distract the refs. Stevie Richards comes in and super kicks Taz. Um, Valvinus goes up for the money shot and ends up missing. Um, what? Meanwhile, the APA are brawling with a right to censor on the outside of the ring. Um, Taz hit Valvinus with a uh, Northern Lights suplex and ends up pinning him for the win. Uh, which was weird because uh, I wasn't expecting uh, the match to end with the Northern Lights suplex. You Normally, he would hit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially with Taz, he was all about the submission machine. So um, he was re- he was a suplex machine as well, man. Uh, oh, yeah. Taz can throw some suplexes with the best of them. Uh, but like I said, it was a really short match. I would give it a two out of five stars as well. Um, Super, super short match. It seemed like a lot of the matches on the the Raw card were pretty short. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of the thing back then, too, especially with your opening matches. They were always going to be kind of short to give, make sure the main event had all the fucking time in the world to do what they needed to do. Yeah. Um, oh, excuse me. Second match on the card for me was the Young Dragons. Which, I don't know the other guy's name, but I'm pretty sure one of the guys in the Young Dragons was Jimmy Wang Yang. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, versus Cowboy himself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, versus <laughs> Three Count, which was Evan Courageous and Shannon Moore. Versus the Filthy Animals, which was Ray Jr. and Kidman. Um... Yeah, it, it was it was exactly what you what you what you what you think it was. I mean, it wasn't terrible. Like there was good things about the match, but there was bad things. Um, you know, I know they get a lot of flack, the filthy animals, but I always enjoyed their teaming when I used to watch WCW. I don't know much about Three Count. I don't want to know more about Three Count. You know, I mean, I knew that. Shane Helms was in it at one point, and it was like this backup singer, backup dancer gimmick that WCW was running with for a while, and I'm just, why the fuck would you do that, you know? The Backstreet Boys of Wrestling. I mean, Evan Courageous fit right in, because <laughs> I thought he was fucking useless. I always did. Uh, anytime I've ever seen Evan Courageous, I'm like, who? You know, I remember Shannon Moore, and that's because he ended up in the WWE later working with Matt, uh, but Evan Courageous was just, who? Shannon Moore, the little mf for himself. And I had seen the Young Dragons in action uh, <laughs> before. They were pretty good. I liked them, actually. They, they just, I can see why. I, later on, there was a really big botch in the middle of the ring. I think they were coming off the top rope, uh, and I can see why they weren't offered a job with WWE right off, right off the bat. 
Um, Rey Mysterio with no mask, by the way. Yeah, no mask. He's got horns. He has horns. <laughs> yeah. Like glued to his head? And if you want to see why, I can't remember. I should have wrote down why exactly. But if you do, if you're listening and you want to go find out why, go to the last Nitro. Go to the 26-minute, 45-second mark. It'll tell you why the Young Dragons weren't offered a job. Oh, you know, but <laughs> Mysterio and Kidman, <laughs> they, made, they made short work of the Young Dragons in three count. Um, winning a qualifier to go on and compete for the Cruiserweight Tag Team Championships, which I still believe could have been really good. Um... Mysterio pinned Shannon more for the win. I wasn't incredibly impressed with the match. Uh, it really just was set like there was no energy when all these guys have potential to do so many great things. I mean, that's what it felt like. Uh, knowing that Ray would go on in WWE and do so much better, I, I think he could have had a better match, but it was probably, once again, a time-restraint issue. Um... But was everyone possibly losing a job that next day? That also could have affected it. And Ray didn't have a job the next day. They didn't pick him up. You know, so I mean, it definitely could have took some of the air out of the match. Uh, It could have been better. It wasn't top tier, but I still give it a 2 out of 5 from me. I'm still digging the name drop. You said Jimmy Wang Yang. (laughs) I mean, dude, do you remember Jimmy Wang Yang, though? He was really fucking good. The freaking redneck cowboy, man. Hey, hold on. One, you go ahead. I'll be right back. I should grab me a glass of water, okay? Just go ahead with the next part. No worries. Up next on the raw side of things was William Regal um, wanted a tune-up match prior to his match with Chris Jericho at WrestleMania. Um, Regal came out and said uh, he wanted a, he wanted a warm-up match. Um, against anybody but that toe rag Chris Jericho um, and said he wanted to fight one of the Holly members. So out comes Crash Holly. Um, Rest in peace, Crash. Um, And the ref gets ready to start the match. Regal changes his mind and um, decides he's going to face Molly Holly. So he tries to tries to beat up on Molly Holly. Um, the crash ends up coming back into the ring. Um, Regal made really short work of Crash Holly, making him tap out. I forgot what um, I forgot what that submission move was the called SDF? that Regal used to do. No, I think it was the Regal stretch or whatever oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, Makes Crash Holly tap, and um, out of nowhere comes Doink the Clown and um, attacks William Regal, and um, he grabs both of his legs. <laughs> Jim Ross Jim Ross is going crazy. He's like, oh, my God, he's, he's putting him in the walls of Jericho. Somebody stop he's the damn match. And then uh, come to find out, Doink the Clown was Chris Jericho. Dun, dun, dun. Um, <laughs> thus setting up their match for WrestleMania. Um, I give that match a uh, two out of five as well. Um, another short match. Um, it was just William Regal beating up on Crash Holly and Molly Holly until Jericho came out there and made him uh, tap like a little bitch. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah. 
Um, after that, on Nitro, uh, Chavo Guerrero took on Shane Helms for the Cruiserweight Championship, the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. Um, you know, a lot of people, they take a lot away from Chavo because of his WWE stuff. And I mean, it was Ooh, not bad. Chavo. I like Chavo's WWE stuff, but I even more enjoyed his WCW stuff. Always have. Uh, Chavo has always been sort of underrated to me. I feel like he had a lot more talent than what WWE let him shine with. I mean, there were plenty of house shows I've heard stories about him and Ray just outshining everyone else. Um, you know, even stuff he had done with, uh, really good stuff he had done with Eddie Guerrero and was even doing some really good stuff with Shane Helms at the time that I can remember. He had had a feud with him for a while over the Cruiserweight title. Him and a lot of Cruiserweights. He was a very good Cruiserweight champion, I think. Uh, for being as small as Shane is, he had a lot of upper body strength in that matchup. I can remember watching him, and he's got a small frame, but damn it, man, the boy can lift. He does lift, if you want to ask. Uh, Shane, Shane Helms, uh, even... Uh, before or after his whole hurricane stint in WWF when he went back to Gregory Helms and uh, turned heel. Um, he always had that upper strength. He was yeah. He's a badass. I'll give it to him. Um, Shane Helms ended up defending his Cruiserweight Championship after an interesting matchup with Chavo. I thought the match was pretty damn good. Um, the best so far of the night. A lot of athleticism. Uh, from both men, that's for sure. Uh, Shane really did surprise me with a very good-looking vertebraker to get the pin. And that's something you don't see at all anymore. It's a fucking vertebraker, you know? Um, great match. I give it a solid 3.5 out of 5. Maybe just a 3. Well, 3.5. We'll go 3.5 out of 5. It was a great matchup. A lot of athleticism. Um, they really picked up the show there and started to run with it. And so... Yeah, Chavo and, Chavo and Shane did a great job. So your third matchup of the night ended up being what about this time? Um, My third match would come a little bit later. Up next, we had a backstage segment. Um, Edge and Christian go in the Kurt Angle's locker room and let them know that they got a six-man tag match against Benoit and the Hardys later in the show. Um, it then flips over back to Vance and... He gets up and he's like, now's the time. So um, Vince McMahon's music hits. He strolls down to the ring um, to address WCW and their fans. Um, it shows the WCW arena um, as Vince is getting into the ring. Um, he announces that he has bought WCW and says he'll sign the contract at WrestleMania when Ted Turner himself hands him the contract or walks down to the ring and hands him the contract. He'll then sign it. Um, Vince says he has beat Turner and WCW by himself. He said he didn't have no help. He, he single-handedly crushed uh, – WCW and says you just gotta squeeze the life out of your competition just like he said he's gonna do to Shane McMahon uh, that Sunday at Wrestlemania um, he then asked the audience what he should do with 
some of the WWE superstars he um, starts listening off stars such as Booker T, Scott Steiner, Sting, etc. And gives a thumbs up or thumbs down if he should keep them. Um, He then goes on to gloat that WCW's uh, last broadcast is in a beer hall and says he's bearing WCW and all the stars are fired. Um, No sooner than he says that, um, Shane McMahon's music hits, which is the same as Vince McMahon's music, the the No Chance in Hell. Um, So we then see Shane McMahon's walking into a nitro um, ring. Shane goes on to say that Vince's ego got the best of him and then announces that he bought WCW from under Vince and says that WCW is going to kick Vince's ass just like he's going to do to Vince at WrestleMania. Yeah, we have seen the same thing. Um, around that time, too. Uh, for us, it was either right before that or right after that. Um, Booker T shoots a promo before the next matchup begins. And, you know, you can hear him stumbling. He was he was really having a lot of trouble with this fucking promo. Um, I think it was a combination of nerves, because he didn't know where he was going to land. You know, and... I, I, I don't check this up to... I, I don't check this up to him being a bad promo at all. But I will admit he isn't a master of talking. That's that's fucking that's for real. He's not a master of talking. But he, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Listening to any match uh, Booker T's commentated. <laughs> We're coming for you, nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know, it's that's that gives you a fucking uh, a direction of of where his promos usually go. Um, but it really did just look to me like he got really emotional and. I, this was a big step for him. Like most people on the oh, yeah, roster, definitely. he wasn't sure where he was going to be landing the next day. So you could tell he had some tears in his eyes as he, combination of saying goodbye to the home that had he had built himself with and then wondering if he was going to have another tomorrow. Um, right after that, we had Team yeah, Canada. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We had Team Canada taking on, uh, Team Canada, which was Lance Storm and Mike Awesome. Take it on Sean O'Hare and Chuck Palumbo for the WCW. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. I know, right? Fucking Palumbo, you know? Some good, he has some well, good stuff. Well, not Palumbo, Sean O'Hare. Oh, I don't give a shit about Sean O'Hare, you know? Fucking God, no. Is it he uh, dead? Yeah, I think he is dead. Um, which which sucks. I, I wasn't a big fan of Sean, though. I mean, all bullshit aside, the guy was talented, but I... It was probably because he never got pushed correctly in front of me. You know, if he had then I probably would have enjoyed his stuff a little more, but I thought it was kind of bland. You know, I thought Sean O'Hare was... Yeah, he had that He had that short stint in WWE, too, and uh, yeah, he ran with wasn't very Piper impressive there. Yeah. yeah. Um, I tell you what, you know, a lot of people... and A lot of people credit their first faction to being D-Generation X or the NWO. The very first faction I can remember getting into was Team Canada. Uh, I don't know if you remember Team Canada and Storm, <laughs> but I actually really like Team Canada. I, you know, I love people give them a lot of fucking slack or flack about that era in wrestling, especially in WCW, but it's always been a guilty pleasure of mine. I always thought that Team Canada was really fun to watch. 
great heels. You love to hate them. You know, I love the fact that Lance was taking all the WCW championships and changing them to Canadian, like the the, the, the Canadian champion, the Canadian heavyweight champion, you know, and I was like, I thought that was kind of cool. I liked that. Um, yeah. For me, it'd have to be when uh, Sergeant Slaughter turned his back and uh, joined the Iron Sheik and uh, fucking uh, Nikolai Volkov. Um, but, uh, <laughs> no, you know, I, I can remember watching them together and the rest of Team Canada go up against Hugh G. Rex and then those other fucking crazy characters. Uh, it will always be, like I said, a guilty pleasure for me at that time, Will. I do feel like this match should have went a bit longer, though. You know, the time we got with these teams was good, but I understand, you know, which I understand the time restraints and, you know... But these two teams had a pretty decent matchup. O'Hare and Palumbo retained their tag team titles after a massive swanton bomb to Mike Awesome, which he made Mike Awesome look small, uh, Sean O'Hare did. It was really weird. Um, I gave the match a 2.8 out of 5. You know, 2.5 to 2.8 out of 5. It was, uh, it was decent. You know, I just felt like they really should have had a few more minutes to, you know, pull out a couple more spots in there. How the fuck do you come up with your uh, numbering, man? 2.8 three quarters. <laughs> 2.8 nine and a half quarters, you know, out of five. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, just, I, really, I really sit down and think about, like, what would I give this? Uh, and that's, that's, that's just what I came up with. <laughs> up next on the raw side was uh, the Hardys and Benoit versus Edge, Christian, and Kurt Angle. Oh, that sounds like a really um, good match. It was, um, again, another pretty match. Um, but the match started off all six men duking it out. Um, some of it spilled out to the outside of the ring. Yeah. Um, Benoit tried to cross-face angle. Uh, Christian came in and broke it up. Then Benoit ends up locking in a cross-face on Christian, makes him tap instead of uh, Kurt Angle. Um out comes Rhino because Rhino was, uh, again, Edge and Christian's buddy at the time, um, along with Kurt Angle. Rhino comes out and ends up spearing Lita while she's checking on Matt Hardy. Um, you know, you got JR up there, uh, mad shit talking Rhino. What kind of sick human being does that to a woman? And. I love I, I love Jim Ross's commentary, yeah. man. Freaking. Somebody stop the <laughs> I love that one. That's just right? my favorite. Somebody <laughs> stop the goddamn match. Uh, by God, he's human. <laughs> <laughs> by God, he's human. <laughs> yeah. He's being beat like a government mule. Yo. <laughs> Good shit. Austin stopping a mud hole in him. Right. Um, I'd give that match a three point. Uh, th- three out of five stars. You're gonna do like three point uh, six and nine pretty good quarters. Match. Is that what you're gonna do? Gonna yeah. Fucking format. <laughs> um, at least you had a great match there. The next match for me was I didn't even write it. I didn't even write this fucking match. Like it was Sean Stasiak with Stacy Keebler, which you know at this point you're like, yep, I can see why he didn't write that fucking match. Um, versus Bam Bam Bigelow. And I'm just like, God damn it. 
Stacy Keebler. Mm. Stacy Keebler was the hottest part of that fucking match. <laughs> Only reason to watch the match is just to see Stacy, you know, because oh, John yeah. Stasiak, I don't need to really talk about Stasiak because I said his name, so you should fucking know how fucking terrible that is. And then Bam Bam, <laughs> and it sucks for Bam Bam, you know, because back in the day, Bam Bam was on top of the fucking world, you know, and he was Bam Bam fucking Bigelow, and now he's wrestling Sean Stasiak in a loser gets a tattoo match. You know, I don't know what's worse. You know, loser getting a tattoo from Bam Bam Bigelow, or wow. or or Judy Judy Bagwell on the pole. <laughs> you know, like I don't know what is actually fucking worse. Um, I like I said, I didn't rate this match. Goes very fucking short. Not good. Not good at all. You know, just it's. We're just moving the fuck on. Let's just keep fucking chugging along down this. Um, you go next. We'll give one. it a four just because of Stacy Keebler's legs. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll give it a score based on how long her fucking legs are. So if they're like, you know, 14 inches or something, it'll get a four, I guess. There we go. <laughs> highest rated card. Highest rated um, match on the card. <laughs> Up next was a non-title match. European champion Test would take on X Factors X Pac with Eddie Guerrero as a special guest referee. I know that. Um, Test rest in peace as well. Test had the early advantage. Um, was taking it to X Pac. He went for a pin. Eddie Guerrero won it. Won it. Because uh, they had a match scheduled for WrestleMania, Eddie Guerrero versus Test for the title. Um, Test ended up hitting Eddie Guerrero and slammed X-Pac again. And uh, X-Pac tried to hit Test with with the belt. And um, Ref came in to count. And... uh, Got pulled out by Eddie Guerrero. Albert came into the match and hit Test with the Baldo bomb. X-Pac covered him. Eddie Guerrero counted a quick three and then proceeded to beat the hell out of Test. I gave this match a three out of five stars. Um, It was solid. Um, X-Pac wasn't the the cleanest uh, character in the book. Uh, Interference, as I said, thereby. I mean, if you're looking for like a oh. clean wrestler, I wouldn't drug test Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> right. In the wrong uh, fucking place. Some interference. Some interference there by old Prince Albert and uh huh. you know, Eddie Guerrero is probably the second dirtiest player in the game. Mr. Lie cheats and steals himself. Uh also, again, rest in peace, Eddie. Yeah. Um, it was a good match, man. Another short match. Um, that's why I gave it three out of five stars. Um, following that match, Mick Foley would come out um, after being fired by Vince and said he wanted to be part of WrestleMania. Vince would come back out and tell him, um, get the hell out of there and whatnot. Mick Foley would then proceed to tell Vince that while he was still commissioner and Linda wasn't all, uh, that 
him and her had signed some paperwork and that in those papers that he was he was only going to reveal one paper at that time and that paper stated that he could be the special guest referee at any match at wrestlemania um told vince to take a guess what match he was going to be refereeing nice um and told him that he would <laughs> be the special guest referee during during uh, Vince and Shane's street fight at WrestleMania. Fucking nice. Well, the next matchup for me was Kid Romeo and Primetime versus Kidman and Rey Mysterio Jr. You know, the match starts for me, and a lot of you can't get this image in your head, so I'm going to try and fit this fucking image into your head. Primetime's not really that fucking interesting. This is a guy, he's a black guy, he's got dreads, he wears white pants. He was like R-Truth of the fucking early 2000s. Might have been R-Truth, I don't fucking know. Um, but Kid Romeo was just trying so hard to, to, to get over with something. You know, and the only thing I could think was Kid Romeo's gimmick should have been the uh, Lucha Steroid Lesnar. That's get that image in your head, a Lucha Steroid Lesnar. That's who he should have been. And also, I thought that <laughs> Kid Romeo was the creator wrestler version of The Rock if he was a Mexican, if he was a Mexican and unimpressive. So, you know, yeah, there, there you go. Just think red tights and then unimpressive Rock, who's Mexican. So. That that's the image you need to get in your head, and shorter, very very much shorter. <laughs> <laughs> very descriptive this, there. <laughs> I wanted to make sure you got that image in your fucking. He's just so goddamn unimpressive. Like, just leave, you know. Go play fight. Go play football for the Minnesota Midgets, you know, because he's really short and he reminds me of like a Mexican, you know, lucha steroid Lesnar. You know, that should be it. That should be. He's just so bad. Um, I mean, his name's Kid Romeo. That doesn't really um, he's, he's definitely not instill Hall of like a. Uh, it doesn't instill that like fear in opponent. Kid Romeo. Oh God! You know, at about the <laughs> fifty-five minute fifteen mark, Kidman impresses the hell out of me with a drop kick to block a splash from Kid's stereotype, which was really fucking cool. Um, he went off the top. For like a like a like a cross body splash, and Kidman came up from the ground almost like laying down and just hit him with this massive fucking drop kick, which I thought was really fucking cool. Um, nice. What'd you say? I said nice. Nice. At about the fifty-seven mark. <laughs> Uh, has anyone ever seen Miss Tornio do a powerbomb to anyone? Like, holy fucking shit. I remember that. Uh, you know, fucking Ray Miss Tornio. That's what I'm calling him right now. Uh, he got a powerbomb on a guy who was clearly bigger than him. It, 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 I think it was, uh, Primetime, who was clearly a lot bigger than he was. And it's just weird seeing him pull off a powerbomb. You know, like... I didn't see it coming from out, out, out of out of Ray. Like it just didn't didn't compute very well. Um, you know, towards the end, I heard some fans chanting "boring" with, which doesn't actually make any sense to me, 
Because, yeah, all the bullshit aside about, you know, kid stereotype and everything, it wasn't, like, a terrible fucking match. There was a lot of good high spots in there. Um, they told a pretty good story as the match went along. But it was a great little match. Not like a fucking main event of WrestleMania, but a match all the same. Sean, you still there? Sean? Yeah. Okay. Thought yeah. I lost you there for a minute. Uh, towards the end, I, you know, like I said, I heard them chanting, you know, boring and such, and I thought it was one of the better matches so far out of the night. Um, like I said, it wasn't the best, but it wasn't so bad that the fans should have been out there fucking chanting boring. It was just, (laughs) it had just another really famous WCW finish, which, when I say that, I mean bad. The finish was bad. A WCW finish <laughs> is just fucking bad. Um, Filthy Animals got the WCW Cruiserweight Tag Team titles, which they got to hold all of one fucking night. I give the match another 2.8 to 3 out of 5 stars. It was a good matchup. It just could have been better. That's an impressive title, Ryan. Yeah. Only people to ever hold it, too, which was fucking nuts. Night. <laughs> up next on the raw side of things was the big show versus jericho big show had been hired by william regal to take out chris jericho or do as much damage as possible leading into their match at wrestlemania um start the match off show slams jericho into the ring post um outside the ring and just uh Continue to beat the hell out of him. Uh, Chris Jericho tried to low blow him at one point during the match, but just couldn't mount to come back. Um, Kane ends up coming out to the ring and attacks Big Show. Um, that would lead to Raven coming out and attacking Kane. While all this uh, chaos is ensuing outside the ring, Regal slipped in and hit Jericho, um, allowing Big Show to ultimately choke slam and pin Jericho for the win. Um, I gave this match three and a half out of five stars. Um, like it was pretty chaos. good. Jericho. Yeah. I liked the Kane came out there, then Raven. Um, so that's why I gave it three and a half. Uh, just because I like when matches, uh, when chaos ensues, uh, a match, that sounded like it was actually pretty good, especially with like you know two thousand and one Kane. That was a good, that was a good fucking version of Kane. Oh yeah. Um, the main event for me, uh, Sting versus Ric Flair. You know, uh, watching this match twenty years on, you know, this main event coming into into what it was, it was a signification or a a metaphor of the ending of Nitro, you know, the ending of an era for wrestling, you know, and it still brought a lot of emotions for me, and I feel like probably most WCW fans who goes back and watch that, just seeing Rick come out to TNT and WCW set and all that one last time, it's going to bring, it's going to draw out some emotions. Um, You could tell, you could tell Rick was in the back and, you know, he was upset a little bit, you know, this is the end, you know, this was, it was over with. And it's gonna have the main event's gonna have to be something special, and the main event was good, you know. Um, 
bullshit aside, the, the match was solid. I do wish it had been a little bit better, but once again, and you can call it a cop-out, you, uh, you can call it bullshit, but they do have time restraints, and they couldn't go full Steamboat Ric Flair 33-minute fucking, you know, match. Uh, it'd have been great to see Sting and Rick go that far, but they didn't, and, you know, they had their reasons why they couldn't, and I understand that. But... There is one thing I want to talk about. If you don't believe me, just go back and listen to it. Around the 58 minute 34 mark, Mark Madden says Sting was a horseman. Mark Madden, the commentary for the match, the man who sits beside Tony Giovanni on the Monday Nitros and is supposed to keep the story alive and keep the keep the fan out there interested in knowing what's going on in the outside world of wrestling, what's going on right then, and what's led up to this point, and what's going to happen afterwards. Called Sting. One of the four horsemen. <laughs> on national fucking television. Wop, 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 And I'm like, and you wonder why you're going out of business. <laughs> like you wonder why the fuck you can't keep a business going when you can't even keep your own canon correct in your fucking head like I mean I can't Shivoni Shivoni who has came out to be like a huge horseman fan I'm surprised he didn't get up and slap him in the fucking face I really <laughs> am I punched him it's almost as it's almost as bad as dropping a suffrage succotash yeah. on a live like, television I think that's worse I think even Roman <laughs> would have fucking even Roman would have Superman punched him back into the fucking Stone Age for saying some shit like that. <laughs> Sting's main villain was the Horseman. You know, like, just like Dusty fought the Horseman, Sting fought the Horseman. It's, it was a recurring thing. Rick being one of his biggest rivals, and you're going to sit there on the final fucking Nitro in the main event where these two guys are giving everything they've got, leaving it on the fucking mat, you're going to ruin it by making me notice you call Sting the f- one of the fucking horsemen. <laughs> like, God, I couldn't stand that guy. I hated the commentary, but at this point I was done. Thankfully, after that, you know, it was the same, the goodbyes and stuff. And, you know, seeing the promos from Shane and Vince. And it was, uh, it was the end, you know, it was, it was Nitro was done. They said goodbye for the final time. Um, and after that, what was that for you? It was the main event. Like what was coming up after that for you? And I got something to say about the final bit of the nitro closing and stuff. The main event on the raw side was undertaker and Kane versus the rock and stone cold Steve Austin. Um, the rock and Austin needed to be on the same page. Uh, they were leading up until to that match at WrestleMania rock versus Austin. Uh, for the title, and uh, Undertaker and Kane did a really good job of isolating The Rock for the first part of the match. They just, um, in the words of Jim Ross, stomped a mud hole in his ass. Uh, the Rock was Walk able to do exactly. Um, the Rock wasn't able to do anything that first part of the match besides get his ass kicked. Um, he then eventually was able to tag Austin. Um, Kane and The Rock started a fight outside the ring. 
um, the rock got back up onto the apron and undertaker pushed Austin into the rock. Um, it went for a last ride. Uh, triple H would then come out and hit taker in the back with a, um, chair, which allowed Austin to, um, stun the undertaker and pick up the W for the win. Um, after the match is over, Austin celebrating, uh, drinking his beers. The Rock would then come back into the ring and stuns Austin using his own move against him and then pours a beer on him to end out the show. Um, I gave this match a five out of five. It was a freaking awesome match, man. Um, like I said earlier in the show, we talked about the mega stars of the WF, WWE, and four of them were in this match alone. Sure, Triple H would come out. Sure. Triple H would come out during the match, so you had all their star power in this uh, one match. So I gave the whole show as a whole a B plus. Yeah, sorry about that. I had to yawn there for a second. Just oof, came out of nowhere. I got, I got, I got Randy Orton. You know, <laughs> no, excuse me. I got Baron Corbin. I had to Baron Corbin right then. My bad. <laughs> Yawn out of nowhere. Um, on the final Nitro, you know, what to say about something like this? Uh, it left a hole. Leaving leaving TNT, WCW left a hole in the TNT primetime lineup for almost twenty years. Just up until here recently, when an upstart company called All Elite Wrestling brokered a deal with Turner and TNT to start doing a weekly television broadcast on Tuesday nights. And that was why I picked this up and wanted to do it. It was the bookend for WCW, and and it's really about to be another booking start, you know, for All Elite Wrestling, which these two companies aren't connected in any way, you know, I mean... Other than them being on TNT. And so, I I just, like I said in the beginning of this broadcast, I think it's really cool that we're going to see wrestling on uh, TNT once again, especially down here. And maybe another generation like myself will fall in love with the business again. Because they have oh, yeah. an opportunity and, to, to, to check oh, out TNT. Yeah, exactly. And hopefully they learned from uh, the mistakes of WCW yeah. and, you know... Don't let history repeat itself because AEW has the the whole future ahead of them. Man, the it's a it's a bright, awesome start already. They haven't even officially launched yet. They have sold out two massive arenas. One being an arena that yeah never sells out. Um, so they're 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 already grabbing gold as we speak um hopefully they keep that momentum going hopefully they don't fall into the same bad booking um into those those bad choices that wcw made that ultimately led to their demise long as they don't hire baron corbin they should be fine (laughs) i stay the fuck away from vince russo Yes, very far. I mean, sure, I'm sure they know that, but just in case. Fuck <laughs> away from Vince Russo. 
Um, in closing on the Nitro show, I give it a, a C. And as a WCW guy, it hurts not to give the final show a 100 and A plus and all that. But um, you've seen, even just me explaining, you know, if you watched it, you've seen why they were heading where they were heading. There were bright flashes in the pan, but flashes in the pan don't pay the bills. And you know, Sting and Ric Flair didn't get didn't give the send did not get to give the send off they wanted, and you know that. And you've seen the rest of the show and how it went. And I, and I hate it, and I do. You know, as a WCW fan, you have to be willing to admit there was a reason that you know we were put out of business. And I mean, it was because of. Who I mean? World Heavyweight Championship match at the beginning of the fucking show. Makes no <laughs> fucking sense. I, I'm still hung up on that. You, that's not how you book a fucking... <sighs> but yeah, um, and that, that... I mean, it was the end, but it wasn't the end exactly yeah. for WCW well, because... We don't talk like, about that. Uh, it led into the invasion angle and... Uh, that went on for what, like three, four months, something like that. Again, yeah. it had it had its little stint there, but um, eventually well, WCW it was a, it was would a be waste of fucking time. You know, it was a waste of fucking time. It was it was once again Vince McMahon not wanting to wait and blowing his fucking load too early. I mean, look, he had two options. He could either a pick up. Sean Stasiak, Chuck Palumbo, Sean O'Hare, Booker T, Hugh Morris, and a bunch of other mid-card to very low-level main event guys that most of the audience that he was going to be dealing with had no idea who the fuck they were, except for maybe Booker T and DDP. Or he could have waited a year or so. Bought the library, it's out of business, no more competition. Waited a year or so. Let it let it sink in. WCW's gone. They're never coming back. Yada, yada, yada. Wait for Goldberg's contract to fucking end. Wait for Sting's contract to fucking end. Wait for all that shit to end. Then pick them up. Bring them in. And that's how you run an invasion angle. Can you imagine Sting standing side by side with Bill Goldberg? Standing side by side with Kevin Nash. Top of the ramp. Monday Night Raw. And in the ring is Steve Austin, The Undertaker, and The Rock. There's your invasion. Engine. Right, that would have been fucking magic, yeah, dude. That, yeah, that would have been fucking ducats. That would have been cha-ching, you know what I'm saying? There's your invasion <laughs> angle. And if I he mean, had just waited, if he'd been patient, there have been some really good stuff come out of that, but he didn't. Definitely, and even that wasn't, to me, uh, WCW finally died a couple years ago. Yeah. And that was the moment... Triple H buried Sting at WrestleMania. Oh, that was the God. to me. That was the you final you bastard. <laughs> Why did you? <laughs> to have me, to that go was there? because we're talking WCW, hurts. WWE. To me, that was the final nail. After all them years, that was the final. You know, suck it easy, WWE or WCW. Hurts. It's still fucking. Because it was bullshit. Sting should have went over Triple H any day of the week. 24 fucking 7. I don't care if you're in the Arctic. I don't care if you're in Alaska. I don't care if you're in the Sahara. Sting goes over Triple H. It's I agree. It's a fact of fucking life. You know? Yo. 
I, I, don't get me wrong, mad respect for Trips. I, I watched his stuff. I like Triple H. He had some good stuff. The Reign of Terror, in my opinion, is one of the best reigns with the World Heavyweight Championship in Raw history, in WWE history even. You know, he had a really good fucking reign there. You're taking on Goldberg, oh, yeah. on Shawn Michaels, taking on Chris Jericho. He didn't take on no schlubs. You know, he was fucking, he was holding his own. That's uh, that's actually where I'm at right now because uh, I started on the WWE Network in 1999. Um, I started watching every pay-per-view in order, and I'm now into 2001. Yeah. Where, uh, or no, I'm in 2002. And, uh, Triple H is running, <coughs> running show over on Raw and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, uh, his rant terror was good, but Sting does not put Triple H over. I mean, yeah, just like, not even the way you like, do it. I'd, I'd seen, like I said, WCW matches here and there and stuff. Um, I went back and watched more Sting matches and stuff, and, uh, even not like fully knowing being there for the whole like to see stings in his prime and stuff like that i seen enough to know that the no way in hell should uh should trips have went over on that match no no way in fucking hell and that was that was strictly vince's ego like Mm. all right we're gonna we're gonna he wanted spit to stroke his dick in front of millions, and the best way yep. to do it was by putting his made man over Sting. Yep. You know, the final battle on the WCW war is over. You know, and I mean, it's ridiculous. I will say, and I stand by this, one good moment was seeing DX and NWO in the ring at the same time, and then Xbox freaking out because I could have been with them, you know, like, right. you didn't <laughs> tell me that. Um... But, uh, yeah, no, it, it, it just, WCW ended on a sour note in 2001. They continued to end on a sour note a few months later with the invasion angle. And then Triple H put a metaphorical golden shovel right through the chest of whatever was left of the WCW fan base. And unfortunately, we'll never see that magic again. Um, Sting is retired, you know, Goldberg is, he's fucking Goldberg. Um, (laughs) Say it, say it, say it. I'm not saying it. I didn't say anything about Goldberg. I'm not dying today. I don't want to get fucking (laughs) Just, uh, just to put it out there, prior to the show, one mister. Never happened. One mister loves to stroke uh, Bill Goldberg, Goldberg, sorry. Would go on to say, fuck Bill Goldberg. I don't remember that. Not, that is a direct song. quote. That's not a yeah, proof. Can you hold that in a court of law? I don't think so. So, hmm. <laughs> no, um, you, you, want, you want to hear what I think about Bill Goldberg? I, I've always been a fan. Lifelong fucking fan of Bill Goldberg. I loved his stuff at WCW. I thought the streak was great. But let me tell you something. Goldberg, ah, he never... And you know what? I learned this recently, you know, like... He never took the time to learn how to protect his opponents. That's why he kicked Bret Hart's head into the fourth row of that show in WCW. Um, <laughs> and so that's why Bret's career ended so fucking early. 
And so, like, he never took the time no to one's, care. No one's really sad about that, though. No one's, I mean, that, which is, yeah, no one's really sad Fuck about Bret that. Hart. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't say that. Bret was cool, man. Bret was cool. Um, let, me, no, let me emphasize that. Fuck Bret Hart. He's going to come to your house Continue. and sharpshoot you. You know that, right? He's going to fucking kill you. He's probably just as crazy as Bill Goldberg, except in a Canadian way, which is like, <laughs> hey, I'm going to kill you, hey, you know? <laughs> um, but no, uh, that's really like, like wow, you know, that's a very good point. And so that was one of the things about that, him taking on The Undertaker. My dad legit called me as soon as he found out. And you know how much of a mark that is for fucking Goldberg. Yes. Um, you know how much, how high he is on fucking Goldberg. <laughs> and he was even like, I don't know if this is a good idea. And it's like, I'm not being funny in any way, shape, or form, but I don't think The Undertaker can take a bump from Bill Goldberg. I mean, he makes a good point. Nah. I don't see Taker living through this fucking match. And that's, I, I agree, man. <laughs> we were talking about this the other day. Yeah. Like, look at look at the how sad that match against Roman Reigns was. Yes, Goldberg's a lot older, but Goldberg's still in freaking phenomenal shape. He, he held his own against Brock Lesnar. The first couple matches, yes, they were really quick where Bull, Goldberg just uh, – like super went over on Lesnar, but that last match, like it was a good match and he held his own against Brock Lesnar. Undertaker today cannot run a solid program with Brock Lesnar. We saw how well he ran a program with Roman Reigns. This is, I, I see this ending all bad. I, all bad. Unless unless someone comes out and interferes or some fucking shenanigans happens during this match, um, it's a either going to be like super slow and just like we're going to get this is boring chance, or it's going to be Goldberg fucking killing the the icon. Yeah, that's that's honestly you know. I just see something like that happening. It's going to be bad. And I'm hoping everybody's going to be okay. But on that note, I'm going to have to head out. It's about time to be that time. And since we used the intro, I figured, fuck it, let's use the outro that I like to use. And that's Dusty Rhodes. You know, I love Dusty fucking Rhodes. The American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, which is probably a terrible impersonation. But damn it, man, I'm trying. (laughs) All right, guys. Um... Thanks for tuning in with us today, uh, which it should be Sunday for you. Uh, checking out the World Wrestling Podcast. We rebirth the reincarnation of the That's World right. Wrestling Podcast. Changing the world. Yes, we are. And We're don't forget to follow us. Don't forget to follow us on the Instagrams, the Twitters, the Facebooks, all them social medias. To our iHeart listener, iHeart Radio listeners. Um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, all of you listeners out there, thank you, thank you. Um, and until next time, take care of yourself. One last thing. I didn't forget. I was just waiting for you to get on talking, giving out the follows and stuff like that. I want to make sure we give a shout out to your boy. Um, oh, that's right. Thank you for reminding me. Oh, I didn't forget. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure we got through the night. I know he was going to listen anyways, but I want to make sure he had a reward for listening. What did you say? His name was Jaden, correct? Jaden McCabe, McCabe. Our first official fan of the month. 
Jade if McKay, you want to be entered, it's a great fucking name. Hell yeah, man! He freaking downloaded every single episode like that's we have ever done from the very beginning, man. Like when he told me, uh, he's one of my coworkers, and he told me I was like, "You're bullshitting me, man." He's like, "No, I'm serious." Like he downloaded it from the very first episode, Taker Streak, all the way up until I'm sure he'll download this episode as well. So when he told me that, it like it touched it touched my heart. Oh, I mean, it did and, me uh, too. Like that's really cool for somebody. That's to freaking take a, awesome, that much man. Time out of their schedule, download every episode of us, especially the ones with just you by yourself. I feel fucking sorry for him going through those. Um, (laughs) uh, but no i mean legit like that's really cool and we very much appreciate that i know i do uh it's really cool to hear somebody who likes your stuff so that's because that's what we like to do we like to entertain we like people to enjoy our stuff we like to hear from them you guys got anything you want to say to us uh you can check me out on twitter at big bad boo bear and he's got an actual email set up. You have an actual email set up for the for I do. Podcast? You can follow. Yep, sure do. You can follow me on Twitter as well at Happy the Clown fourteen. Um, our official email address is WWP as in the World Wrestling Podcast WWP Studios at Outlook You got any topics you want to discuss? You want to tell Nick how much he sucks? How much I'm awesome? You want to be entered in to be our fan of the month? Shoot us an email. Um, we're just going to ran- randomly pick people uh, to be our fans of the month. Uh, give us a reason why you want to be the fan of the month. Um, if you enjoy the show, um, whatnot. And uh, again, shout outs to Jaden McCabe, our first official fan of the month. Most definitely. And like I said, thanks again for being that fan of the month. Thank you for checking out the show. And enjoying the hell out of us, especially me, because I am the star. And um, next time you see Car Jams, uh, fucking Sean, tell him to get his shit together, all right? This guy is, <laughs> this guy is where it's at. Jaden's where it's at. Car Jams is fucking out, so he needs to get the fuck out or come back and be better. You know, this is... This is, this is uh, I will yeah. let him know. And as always, until next time... Take care of yourselves and each other. I'm the Big Cali Kid, Sean B. And I am that good old quadruple B, the Big Bad by Bear. And this was the World Wrestling Podcast. Sean's a bitch. The Memorial Day sale at Mattress Firm has been extended. It's your last chance to take advantage of our best deal of the year. Get a king mattress for the price of a queen and a queen for a twin. That adds up to savings up to $700 store-wide. Plus, hurry in to get a free adjustable base with your qualifying mattress. Up to a $699 value, free. But these amazing savings end Tuesday, so hurry in for the best deal of the year. Your budget stretches further at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com sale. With the Capital One Saver Card, you earn 4% cash back on dining and entertainment. Does that include dinner at that new French place? Yep, 4% cash back there. How about bowling with my friends? Yeah, 4% cash back on that too. Nice. And that'll be a rewarding weekend. Because with the Capital One Saver Card, you earn 4% on dining and entertainment. So when you go out, you cash in. Capital One, what's in your wallet? Terms apply. Capital One Bank, USANA.